Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the currently unnamed podcast. Um, I am your host, Alex, here, and I have my dad, Tom Vaness, and we're here to talk Packers pre-draft. I guess first we're going to touch on the offseason, all the events that have occurred so far, players that we've lost, players that we've gained, things like that. Um, we'll also take a peek at all the Packers draft capital, see what selections we have in this upcoming draft. Um, then we'll kind of talk about the 2022 draft as a whole, um, and then we'll move into talking about what we think the Packers are going to do, um, what they like to do in the first couple of rounds of the draft, what type of players they like to target. And then last but not least, um, we'll finish off with a couple of predictions. But uh, who knows if we'll get to all that. We may stray from time to time. We'll see where it takes us. Um, so with that, welcome on in, Tom. How are you doing tonight? Hey, doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Got, got my adult beverage here. It's just ready to roll. Nice. Got to have that when you're talking a little bit of football. There you go. Keeps you loose. So um, before we actually get into the offseason recap, we talked about this a little bit before we turned on the microphones, is the news that just came out right before um, we started this up was that there are rumors that the Packers are interested in trading for Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I always forget that. I always say it's, Oakland. It's like the Green Bay Packers' new favorite trading partner I guess so the Las Vegas Raiders you know we've given them so many of our receivers from James Jones to Jordy Nelson to Devontae it's time we get one back maybe it's kind of where old receivers go to die it's very true but the Darren Waller thing is kind of interesting um I think you had mentioned that uh Darren Waller uh was or the report that's coming out is kind of talking about him uh actually being part of the original discussions when we traded uh, Devante out that way, so it sounds like um, uh, the league. Did you say uh, kind of kiboshed that because uh, it was before the official league year started, so players could not be included in the deal. So the 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 report that I read was that originally, when the Packers were in trade talks to trade Devonte Adams to the Raiders, um, they were interested in trading the um, Devonte Adams for the Raiders' twenty second pick, which is the first rounder, and Darren Waller. Um, but I guess the league notified them that they're not allowed to trade players in transactions that involve a player on the franchise tag. So since Devontae Adams is on the tran- or the franchise tag, we were not allowed to receive a player as compensation for oh, that. Oh, okay. That's so different. We originally, or we ended up working out, we got the 22nd pick and I believe the 53rd from the Raiders, which was the second rounder. So essentially it, it works out to the Raiders kind of see... Um, if they were close in that deal, the Raiders kind of see Darren Waller as worth a second-round pick um, in return. So if we could get Darren Waller for that, say, we, I don't know if they are allowed to trade that 53rd pick straight back to the Raiders afterwards for Waller. Maybe there was a little bit of a gentleman's agreement. It could have been. I think the wild card is, too. Um, I think there was mention of Waller wanting a new deal to go with this, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of as I see it, Tight ends are a lot cheaper than wide receivers, at least in this year's NFL. Yep. So uh, I would think we could uh, get a new number one weapon at a much more reasonable price, which uh, sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I think that would help us a lot, especially when you lose a guy like Devontae. You kind of lose that outside presence. We have a bunch of slot guys, mediocre slot guys. I mean, we have Amari Rogers, and we'll get into more of this later, but... Um, I definitely think Waller would be a great fit for us, especially because you have Tanya coming off the ACL, so we're not going to have him for a while. Right, and and plus we have to develop wide receivers. 
good chance we're going to be drafting at least one yep. this year. Um, you know, my theory on the whole offseason, how the Packers offense is going to change, is I think um, last year when we're a zone running team, uh, but using Dylan and Jones, it seemed like it was inside zone running. Uh, my vision is that it's going to become more of an outside zone running team because um, they're going to have bigger wide receivers. It's going to be just a, a situation where they're not protecting Devante, using him as a blocker. So I mm-hmm. think that's going to evolve back to the more uh, traditional, um, I guess, San Francisco offense uh, where that zone run is towards the outside. And Waller is a real nice blend for that because he he's uh, middle of the field. Most tight ends are middle of the field guys. He can drag some guys out of there, uh, be a threat in the passing game, and kind of open up some of those running lanes, uh, pulling that safety and double coverage and those types of things out of uh, the perimeter. Now, one thing I'm not very familiar with with Waller is how is he in the, the run game? Is he a good blocker? No, I think he's a non-factor. Kind of a, st- a strictly receiving well, threat. Well, I think he's a pretty light tight end. I don't know if he, if he came in the league, his... I think, as a wide receiver originally, I believe. Yeah, yeah so... with Baltimore, I believe. Um, but, yeah, he's on the lighter side. I bet you he's one of these 200, probably like a Tanyan size, you know, because mm-hmm. Tanyan uh, came in as a wide receiver also, you know, so... Um, I don't think that's his forte, but um, as long as you you do have the other tight ends on the team like Mercedes to fill that run blocking right. role, right? In, in ideally, you like a guy that can yeah. do both. Kind of creates a little bit more mystery, but if you at least you have pieces that one can do each. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, so. I'm excited about that possibility. Not necessarily holding my breath. Yeah, who it knows is, how is real it is? The report just came out, right? And uh, I'm not a cap expert, but I also know that you said he's interested in a new deal. He has two years left on his contract, I think, with no guaranteed money in the second year. Um, I know we just re-signed Rodgers. I don't know if they do sign him to an extension, how much money we have, how much we can kick the can down the road. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely interesting to, to hear um, leading up to the draft. But to get into a little bit more of the offseason recap here, um, kind of the biggest news uh, with all the drama around Aaron Rodgers the past, what, year and a half. Um, Rodgers did agree to the extension of three additional years, um, so that's uh, good news to have it settled. <laughs> well, settled for another year, right, guys? <laughs> right, yeah. So who knows, but um, at least it seems like the front office and Aaron Rodgers are in a better spot right now, and uh, it'll give us a little bit more stability going forward than... Um, what it was in the past. Yeah, I think my biggest thing with that is, um, you know, I like the Packers' approach uh, where they see the quarterback, or allegedly they see the quarterback as more important position uh, than wide receiver. I'd much rather them uh, having kept Rodgers and uh, shipped out Devontae uh, rather than uh, vice versa. Um, I think we'd be in a lot more trouble putting out a big contract on Devontae and then uh, hoping Jordan Love or somebody else would be able to, to take advantage of that that talent. Yep. Um, I think uh, Rodgers can make a wide receiver more so uh, than... Uh, I think, yeah, like you said, I think it's easier for Rodgers to elevate the receivers around him than for it would be Devontae to elevate the quarterback play. I mean, Devontae helps, but he's one piece, whereas I think Rodgers um, can elevate some of the younger receivers um, and, and get the job done. And we saw, too... Without Devonte Adams over the last two years, 
what were we like six and zero or something when Devonte Adams didn't play? Yeah, that's kind of a a, a stat packer fan loves to throw out there. Um, it's easier to win those games when it's only six of them, and you kind of have a little bit right. more it's mystery. A, it's a pretty small sample size, right? Um, when people can plan for no Devonte week in and week out, it's yeah. a little bit different. And, so. But it is surprising. I mean, we've done that a little bit with. Um, you know, against some decent competition, uh, wasn't it the Arizona Cardinals this past year? Mm-hmm. And I think the year before it was the New Orleans Saints. And maybe even Tampa Bay was in there too, you know. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, um, you know, I think the thing I like about it is um, Rodgers is forced into spreading the wealth. <laughs> um, we all saw the San Francisco game in the playoffs and uh, a little bit too much targeting of Devontae might have costed us. Yeah, and that's a problem. Uh, some opportunities in that game. It's a good thing and a bad thing when guys have that good of a connection because it's a safety blanket when things aren't, things are breaking down. They, they have that trust. I can throw it up. Devontae, I'll give him a shot at something. Um, and it can bail you out in a lot of situations, but it also can become too much of a focal point where sometimes you can get out of the, outside the design of the offense. And, um, and the words kind of been that now without Devante, we might get a little bit more opportunity to see the true Matt Lafleur offense using all the different pieces instead of uh, over relying on one. But uh, not saying that we're better off without Devante. It's just going to be a little bit different, I think, because uh, it's hard to replace a guy like that. Yeah. But um, you know, you know, the the only comment I'll make it, it seems like we're kind of covering both the Rodgers and the the Devante Adams uh, things together here. Uh, it's kind of evolved into that, but. You know, the biggest thing I really like about the Devontae Adams trade is that you can't just look at the fact that we got the 26th and the, what, 53rd pick. Um, we also were able to re-sign some players that mm-hmm. we really wanted to keep. Uh, uh, Campbell, uh, the linebacker, who surprisingly was all pro, mm-hmm. or not surprisingly after watching him, but a street-free agent. Um um, who was Rasool the Douglas was Rasool the other one. Douglas, and I think there was one other signing. Who was the other one that we were able to lock up uh, because of that? Um, there was a third. I th- we did re-sign Tanyan to the one-year deal, right? Oh, well, Lazard. Well, Lazard was. They placed the second round tender on Lazard. Yeah, well, I think there was one more player that we were. Jerron Reed. I know we that's, acquired. That's it. We were able to agent. acquire him. Him. Yep. Um, and that so. that's a. It's like a five player for uh, yeah for one type of deal when you really put the money into mm-hmm. into the equation. And it's just very difficult to field a competitive team when you have a quarterback and receiver combined making near eighty million dollars a year. Um, it, I just don't understand how. I don't see how you field a competitive team with two guys that make that much money on the same side of the ball. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I hope Devonte does well unless we're playing them. But uh, it'll be a, a very different this year. Um, also, due to the fact that, in addition to Devontae, it's kind of been the wide receiver exodus from the Packers because we also um, lost MVS, who signed with the Chiefs this offseason, and then we also lost Equinemius St. Brown, who signed with the Bears. So the receiver room is going to look a lot different this offseason. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Uh, MVS is, is really going to be an interesting uh, situation. You know, uh, I, I think he had a real opportunity to take another step here, um, you know, especially with Rodgers, but uh, him going to the Chiefs uh, for, what, over $10 million a year? Or yeah, close to, to 10, or... close to $10 million, which which I thought that the Chiefs ended up paying a premium for him. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, he gets to go there and it, I'd say it's pretty close to a wash, uh, as far as the type of quarterback he gets to work with. So mm-hmm. him and Mahomes, uh, I would think he's going to be the, the guy like he was in Green Bay. He's going to be, uh, the guy clearing, clearing the, the he's one gonna side of the field. One role that Tyreek did, and that's the deep ball threat. Right. But he's, He's not going to give you the other things that Tyreek did. But I think Kansas City's traditionally had that receiver, much like the Packers have, like MVS, mm-hmm. where they want that one guy streaking, uh, and the, there's just the fear of the touchdown, so that opens up a lot of other things. Um, you know, and we all know Kansas City always loves fast players, um, and he kind of fits the bill as far as that goes. But mm-hmm. he's going to be interesting to watch with the Chiefs, there's no doubt. Yep. Um, EQ, I don't, I think that's just another. Uh, what, what are we having for three years? Him and him and MVS came in together. Yep. EQ, a lot of injuries. Uh, MVS had some too, but uh, at least MVS hit the field a little more often. Um, but EQ, I think he was a tease uh, for a lot of time, but uh, the experiment is over. It's time to kind of grab somebody else and see if we can elevate them. So yeah, the big, um, the, the only thing, I don't think we're losing too much receiver wise without EQ. The only problem is, he was a key contributor on the special teams and an already bad special teams unit. Um, so th- we're going to have to find someone in the draft to fill some of those special teams reps because that was kind of his reason for being on the roster most weeks. Well, yeah, I think we'll cover special teams later, but I think uh, uh, almost anybody can improve that. That squad. <laughs> I don't see how you can get much worse than what that was. So if EQ was the top of the pile, <laughs> uh, no big deal there. So, And then uh, in addition to that, we also saw the departure of Lucas Patrick, uh, who was a very versatile piece uh, backup on the offensive line. Gives you, provides some center snaps, um, filled in at guard, um, and uh, he went to the Bears. So Yeah, I think he's... Uh... Uh, always going to be a, a serviceable pro, you know, for a number of years to come uh, yet. But, uh, uh, again, Packers can't keep everybody, so I think yep. that's a logical uh, guy to be losing um, to the Bears. Um, that's kind of unfortunate. We'd like to get him out of the division, right? But, yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to be fine with that loss. Yep, I'd agree with that. And then um, the last two Things to cover on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we did re-sign Tanya to a one-year deal. Um, he is coming off that ACL injury, so um, we'll probably be missing him for a good portion of the season. Um, but it does help to have that passing threat there because we're a little bit thin at tight end right now. Yeah, hopefully Wall will come, and then we can uh, not rush Tanya, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe uh, do some two tight end sets as we head into the playoffs next year, right? Yep. Or maybe even split Waller out wide. I don't know if he's got enough speed for that, but uh, we could dream a little. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Alan Lazard, um, we kept Alan Lazard. They placed a second-round tender on him, so he will be a familiar face returning to the yeah, locker room. Wide receiver that plays like an offensive lineman. I like him. Yeah, he's a very good blocker. He's just a steady player. I like him a lot. Not, and, not gonna... and, and eight touchdowns last year, so yeah. no, nothing wrong with that. Right, big body in the red zone. There you go. Six what? Six five ish. Yeah, he's a big dude. So, yeah, I like it. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, we can gloss over some of these. Uh, we lost Oren Burks, the linebacker to San Francisco. Um, already thin at the linebacker position, so I'm guessing they'll address that more in the draft and you hope, in free but, agency. Yeah, but Burks never realized the third round potential that he had. So, yeah, more of a special um, teams player as well. Yeah, so we had on him. 
Um, lost Shannon Sullivan, uh, the slot cornerback. He went to Minnesota. You never like to see a guy going to another team in the division, but um, and he was, he was a solid player. Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing wrong with him. Uh, but at the same time, we got Alexander coming back and uh, Rasul. Rasul Douglas. Rasul. I never get that right. He had a, a phenomenal year last year. Yeah, so I think we're going to be all right here. And 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 we had the rookie last year, Stokes, who had a really good rookie year on the outside. So and and you know the thing is here, I I, I wouldn't um, be shocked if the Packers took a a defensive back fairly early in this draft. So I think that's a real possibility as well. Yep, and then uh, also Kevin King to mention, um, he is currently unsigned, so I don't see him returning to the Packers. He, no, I, I think you m- might be surprised, but at the same time, he's unsigned for a reason. Yep. <laughs> so if he did come back, I'm assuming it'd be on a very cheap, maybe think, veteran minimum. I think Packer fan would not like to see him back. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's a decent corner if he's your third corner. Yeah. He's I, a serviceable guy. It's. I think he, there's been some big plays that fans have not been happy with. It, it's kind of one of those things that he's never going to have. Um, the fans behind him, not in Green Bay. He's mm-hmm. just made a couple too many mistakes here. Um, I, I still think he could be a decent player in the league, but he's got to go someplace else to do it. So mm-hmm. my hope is that Packers do not, do not Packers re-sign that guy. Um, and then we also re-signed Devontae Campbell, which we touched on a little bit. Um, he was a great pickup last year. Um, and then we also re-signed Rasul Douglas, another great pickup. Um, both from the Cardinals, right? We got Rasul off the practice squad in the mi- middle of the year, and then Campbell was a free agent prior to the season. Both played lights out. Um, and we got to hope they're not one-year wonders. Right. That's the whole. That's the thing. Um, when you do sign them to long contracts like that, you got to hope it wasn't just a one-year flash in the pan. But I am excited about both of them. Um, what, late 20s for both of those guys? 27, 28-ish, I would think, in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's great. Got some good years left. Yeah. And then last but not least on the defensive side of the ball, um, unless we're missing something, we did sign Jerron Reed, I believe is how it's pronounced, um, to a one-year deal just to kind of put a Band-Aid on that defensive line. That's um, already a thin position for us. Now, do you know, was he a, a fairly high pick? Um, he wasn't a Seattle draft pick. I forget where he got drafted. I am Bounced not familiar a little bit, with his but, history. But he, he was pretty highly rated coming out of college, as I recall. Um, and, you know, you didn't mention that as a Packer defensive loss, but I don't believe we re-signed Lancaster, did we? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm thinking this guy is kind of uh, the plan is for him to replace Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um because Lancaster's kind of run his course. Lowry, I, I think, is for sure back again. Yep. Unless they ask him to take a pay cut, but he had his best year, so I doubt they'll be able to do that. So, uh, But all all uh, good uh, good signings by the Packers, I think, mm-hmm. across the board there. Yes, indeed. And then, finally, special teams. Just a couple things to touch on. Um, we have the new coordinator, Rich Bisaccia. Um, hopefully he can usher in a new era of Packers special teams because they have been abysmal for many years now. Um, I don't see how we can get much worse. Like we said, um, it's just, it's, it was last year. It was, 
extremely frustrating to watch, and especially in the playoff game, which is essentially the reason you lost. One of the biggest reasons you lost the game, not the only reason, but um, you just can't have big mistakes like that in those games. No, I think this is in you know looking at uh, our outline here. I think this is the biggest offseason addition for the Packers is to get this guy. I mean, uh, he was a potential head coaching candidate in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He did a great job with the Raiders. Serving as the interim head coach, got him into, got him into the playoffs as the, as the last qualifier against uh, your favorite San Diego Chargers or your or your other team that you Los love Angeles up. Chargers now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So uh, I'm excited about what he can do, and I think he's already gone to work with uh, the mention of that Pat O'Donnell. Uh, Kind of nice to see us stealing one from the Bears, right? Yeah, punter Pat O'Donnell we also acquired. And one other thing to say about Rich Passaccia is all the past players that have played for him have rave reviews about him. They say he's just a great human being. So the more of those types of people you can have in the building, the better. Um, yep. So I'm really excited about him, um, and him and what he can bring to the team. And then um, one of the acquisitions along with him was we signed Kashawn Nixon, I think it's pronounced, um cornerback but he's primarily a special teams player he was from the raiders so um he worked with Pisaccia. uh so i'm guessing he's just going to be a solid special teams fill-in yeah i i gotta be honest i don't know a lot about him except that uh, a big big reason he's he's got signed was his special teams powers yep so 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 good 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 off season so far yep solid um kind of Kind of what I expected. You're not going to make any splash moves, but uh, we kind of took care of a lot of our own, solidified some areas, so it's it's good to see. I like it. So then uh, with the off-season recap over, um, let's take a look at what draft capital we do have. Um, quite a few picks, and especially in the first two rounds, which is abnormal for us. Um, we've got the two first-round picks. Well, we have 11 total selections this year, um, and then we have five selections in the top 100. So we've got two in the first round. Um, we have the number 22 pick from the Raiders and number 28. We've got two second round picks. We have number 53 from the Raiders and number 59. One third round pick, two fourth round picks, one being compensatory, one fifth round, and then three seventh round picks. So quite a bit of selections. It'll be exciting to watch the first couple rounds of the draft. Um, I'm expecting us to move a little bit. I don't I'm guessing we're not going to stay put in all these spots. Yeah, I would think there's going to be some uh, Packer wheeling and dealing this year. And um, I don't know what your preference is, but, uh, you know, as as the board sits right now, um, I'm seeing more potential with moving down. uh, But at the same time, I could see us trying to move up. Um, So uh, I think the, and I think you and I have talked about this before, uh, what's going to be really interesting for the Packers is, what does, where do these quarterbacks go? Um, yeah, yeah. Packer fan says, let's hope they all go early uh, because that really increases the odds of the Packers uh, getting a real quality player. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weaker quarterback class. There's not really the headline guys. But every year, even though there aren't headline guys, once they start going, people get scared and they start snapping them up ahead of where they should be picked. So, like you said, you hope there is a run on quarterbacks early on, and maybe one or two of those key guys slips to us. Um, I agree. The other thing that um, is interesting to me is, you know, the Packers have a real history of of trading with a couple teams in the NFL, 
one of those teams in the past is, has been New Orleans, right? And they just acquired two first-round picks from uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see um, if they're really targeting somebody in those spots or if they'd be able to jump around with the Packers a little bit and uh, finagle some things. So I could see uh, some real potential there depending on which what each of those teams is looking for. Uh, the other one that, uh, that seems to be a lot of chatter about, not necessarily to the Packers, but uh, we all know that the, the Packers get along good with uh, Seattle from a trading standpoint. Yep. Um, John Schneider, Seattle always, Green Bay native. Um, they always seem to like they're trying to bail out of the first round and move back. Yeah. So, and they have a need for a quarterback. They do. So uh, maybe I highly doubt we move Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I doubt it too. But um, we've seen stranger things. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Well, I I did see one rumor about Jordan Love uh, as part of a trade package, and I think it was to Seattle. Because doesn't Seattle have, like, pick number nine or something like that? Yep. But you would never get some. We'd have to package additional picks. Well, I think it was, like, our, our uh, number 22, Jordan Love, uh, and a second to move up to number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Love's interesting this year because it is – it's not a very good quarterback class. So I would have assumed that there's going to be a little bit more desire for someone with the potential like Jordan Love. Um Granted, he's going into his what third year now, so you're not you don't have the long rookie contract. You kind of got to figure out what he is early on. But for someone for a team that doesn't love um, the quarterbacks in this draft, I'm I'm curious that they wouldn't throw a third, second second round, third round pick. I don't know what the compensation would be, and take a shot at a guy like Jordan Love. Maybe is your answer, but it, it's not a huge risk. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's kind of a a chip. To- the Packers have to play with here a little bit. Uh, um, everything we hear around here, at least, is that Jordan Love doesn't hold a ton of value. He doesn't even hold that first, first, and first and fourth round draft value that it costed us to get him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'd be really surprised if we, if we gave up on him. I think the Packers' play is we don't know how long Rodgers is going to be here. So I, right. I I would think that he's kind of our insurance policy. And, you know, the, the odds of Rodgers making it another full year uh, without some kind of a significant injury, um, I think that's a, a gamble that Packers don't want to take. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I do think Green Bay does still like the player. Yeah, I Maybe do. he's not where they expected him to be at this point. But I don't think Green Bay has any interest unless they get a King's Ransom to move him. Yeah, and there's no King's Ransom. Uh, hanging out there without him having, not having more game experience. So right, uh, all all signs point to us keeping our, uh, keeping him on our roster for for the time being. Yeah, and as far as us moving around in the first round, kind of like you said, I don't see us moving up just because the top half of the first round doesn't seem all that strong. And what we, I mean, if maybe you moved into the top five, but I just don't see a player we need that badly that we'd give up that much to get there no those top th- five players this year are almost like like five to twelve type players yeah and there isn't really the, the headliners yeah there's a lot of good depth i mean there's a lot of good players but none that are just freaks the 15th player and the 46th player might likely be you know pretty equal mm-hmm. and and i think it's just uh 
And that's why I think... What moving, flavor of chocolate do you like the most or whatever it might be? Yeah, and that's why I think moving back and just getting more picks is more advantageous because um, that's another thing to pick up or to bring up is this draft is deeper because of the NCAA extending eligibility due to COVID. So you got a lot of fifth-year seniors, a lot of people stuck around in college for an extra year. Um, so it's just going to be more players in those middle rounds. You know what's interesting about that is that's not the Packer way to take older players. Right. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more into that in a little bit, but that is true. We usually don't target those older rookies because yeah. you want them – you want them on their, their rookie contracts longer. By the time they get another second contract, you don't want someone who's 28 years old. Exactly. You know? and, and plus, you know, you'd rather get them coming out as a junior or whatever and, and young and still learning mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, being too far along from a maturity standpoint. The body's starting to break down. So, And then one other note, interesting thing of note, there are eight teams that have multiple picks in yeah. the first round. and I don't think I've ever seen that before. So... In a deep draft, I'm curious, are some of these teams without a first-round pick going to try and get back up into the first round, or, or do you think they're just going to sit put and a lot of these people are going to be picking twice in the first round? Yeah, you know, I mean, you're listing the teams that have multiple picks. I'd be interested to, to see a list of the teams that have no first-round picks um, Yeah, and what some of their needs are, you know. So, um, But, yeah, you don't see the... Uh, the Super Bowl champion Rams in there, you know, but they, they've seemed to do a pretty good job with later round picks. Unfortunately, I'm looking at the list here of the eight teams. A lot of the teams that have two first round picks are looking for the same positions as us, notably wide receiver, because you got Kansas City Chiefs who pick after us, but they could move in front of us if there's a guy on the board that they like. That's the scary part is that, you know, the Saints already moved into a position of being in front of us if they want a wide receiver. Yep. Um, Texans are looking Kansas for receivers. City's right there, like you said. Um, we know the Jets positively. I don't know where that second round, second first round pick is for the Jets. I think the first one's real early. They may both be. I know like, one is 10, I think. I don't oh, know where the other one is. The other one's like third, fourth, fifth, something like that. Could be, yeah. So the Jets are scary because they've been after the big name free agent wide receivers to this point. So you know the Jets are going to be after somebody to pair with that rookie quarterback that they drafted uh, very, very high last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't suspect the Eagles will be in the market. The Eagles do need receivers. They have Devontae Smith, and they took Jalen Rager a couple of years ago, but so, he is been terrible for them yeah well so, i wouldn't mind the packers trading a third or fourth rounder for rager i mean i think he's i don't know if they could give potential. him away at this point from the fans no the fans hate absolutely him. hate the guy they say yeah. he couldn't do anything no but i'd which, like to see him come here and get a little uh proper coaching and uh, a little bit of aaron Rodgers' love yeah um, i wonder what his story is because i liked him coming out yeah i did too i thought he'd be an interesting guy for us to pick that year but um, also the Giants are looking to trade Kadarius Tony, their first-round pick from last year. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, they cited medical reasons, but I think there might be some off-the-field issues too. I don't know if they're the happiest that he didn't show up for... Well, that kind of followed him in the draft. Off-season workouts, yeah. He didn't have the best reputation that way, but he was the... Uh, but he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Right. I don't he's kind of like that receiver from San Francisco, right? That, that wants out of San Francisco. Jack of all trades. Yep. The jet sweeps uh, the whole bit. And um, you're starting to see more receivers of that mold 
in today's NFL. Not polished route runners, but just gadget guys that you put the ball in their hand. And not small gadget guys. They're good size yeah. gadget guys, you know. I, I'd like to say the Packers started that trend way back in the day with uh, Mr. Montgomery. Remember the the running back that wore what number was that? Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Well, even before that, Randall Cobb kind of did a lot of that. He took some carries out of the backfield, Ty, slot guy. But Ty Montgomery was that 6'2", 215 type of guy. Yeah, he was a thick guy. A thick guy for a wide receiver. And if he didn't get I hurt. I think he, he's still bouncing around the NFL. Yeah, he was on the Saints last, I remember. Yeah, but so I'd like to. Th- I'm going to say the Packers started that whole trend of those kinds of wide receivers. So there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of getting into more Packer related things. Um, let's let's kind of discuss the positions that we need most right now and that we might be targeting in this draft. Um, obviously, the biggest one is wide receiver. I mean, we got Amari Rogers, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard. None of those inspire a lot of confidence at this point. Um, we need an outside receiver, I think, because you got Cobb and Amari Rodgers in the slot. Well, we've got Watkins. We just acquired. oh, that's right. We also signed Sammy Watkins, kind of on the back half of his career. Not he, actually, he came in the same year as Devontae. He is only twenty eight. He was a top five pick, mm-hmm. and he is kind of that same kind of weapon that MVS was, um, and he's kind of bounced around. He originally came from Buffalo. Uh, I think he went out to L.A. The Rams. Play with that Rams offense, which is a similar offense to what we run. He was the I deep threat. I think was actually in L.A. at the same time. I, I think you're right. There. Yeah, he's a good guy to bring up. But So he, he was there for a year or two, just pretty much didn't catch a ton of balls. But they paid him a lot of money mm-hmm. to run down the field and t- drag some people with him. Uh, then I think yeah, he paid left. pretty well at the Chiefs too. After that, Chiefs he did the same thing. He was dragging coverage away from uh, uh, the little Tyreek Tyreek Hill, and then where did he land? At Baltimore the end? last year, I think. Was it Baltimore? Okay, but, I was thinking Baltimore, but never Texas. really put up big numbers. No, in but, any of those. But I places. think he scares a lot of teams, you know, because he can. Uh, he 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 deserves attention. Yeah. So he's he's kind of like an unsung player that we should have talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, we yeah really I missed that I think that might have happened after I made the list but yeah he was definitely should have been in that offensive acquisition um, chat pretty reasonable uh, yeah a really cheap contract basically four million, veterans one minimum year. and then with a bunch of incentives so if it doesn't work out we're not really out a lot of money or anything right right so and he's built pretty much like Devonte was so six two two ten thicker guy yeah yep a little bit thicker dude so I like it yep um, any other areas. Well, I think I think um, I was going to say, is this the order that you think our needs are? Um, yeah, it's a rough order that I had here. Yeah, uh, so for for people who can't see, we got wide receiver at number one, um, offensive tackle, uh, defensive line, edge, safety, and then you go into your linebacker, tight end, et cetera, et cetera. But um, but yeah, tackle I think is going to be a big need. You got Bakhtiari coming back. Hopefully, he's healthy. Um, should be by the time. That, uh, the season starts, um, but you lost Billy Turner on the right side. Um, you got Elton Jenkins, who would normally probably fill in that right tackle spot for the time being, but he tore his ACL. Yeah. So, and then you got you got Yash Nyman, I think is is how it's pronounced, but he he played some good left tackle last year, but you don't know how that's going to transition to the right side of the right. line. Right. Um. So we just need you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Yeah, and if the break guy falls, I think. Uh... 
Uh, it would not shock me if we took one in the first round. Oh yeah, uh, a little more likely in the second round. But uh, there's the, it's a pretty deep draft from an offensive uh, tackle, especially offensive tackle standpoint. Yep. Um, so I, I don't personally feel that's our number two need, but um, I think defensive line is a bigger need. Um, quite honestly, I don't think that's going to be able to be addressed unless we move up or somebody really falls in our lap. But I'm not in love with the 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 pool of players um, mm-hmm. that's available in that area. I think um, edge rusher, I think, is going to be a real priority and, and probably a great place for the Packers uh, to get some real value this year. There's a, It's probably the deepest position of this draft. So um, I'm pretty excited about uh, the possibility of us uh, nabbing one of those guys either in the first or second round. Um, and I think that's kind of one of those players that we'd – we'd either move up for or move back for if we've just got one of those guys that uh, is kind of sitting there that we just got to have type of thing. Yep. Um, I would probably flip up these next two that have. I'd put linebacker ahead of safety. I mean, you got Devondre Campbell, but uh, outside of him, you don't really have too much else. You got Chris Barnes there. Um, He's a serviceable guy, but he's never going to do anything. We're kind of missing that true, really solid coverage linebacker that can move. I agree. There's a couple linebackers in this draft that I really like, though. Yeah, and then, and then safety is also a need. Just for now, we're okay. We have Amos and Savage, but those both those guys could potentially not be here much longer. So we kind of got to refill at that or reload at that position too, and then maybe decide one to keep, one to let go. Yeah, I think the key, you know, I I think it's a bigger need than than we all realize. Um, I think we're going to be drafting a defensive back fairly early. Um, the thing that a lot of people are not looking ahead at is the fact that um, uh, Darnell Savage and uh, who's the, the our other safety? Adrian me. Amos. Amos. I think they're both out of here after next year. So I think, you know, unlikely that we're going to re-sign uh, just, yeah, I think we'd like to re-sign um, uh, the the young safety, but uh, I I doubt uh, that we're going to have the money available with signing a lot of the other players, Alexander and so forth. So I think we're going to need to fill a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you put six defensive backs on the field on a regular basis. We've really only got five, um, and I, I kind of find that that six defensive back being more important than that second inside linebacker kind of thing. So Yeah, and, um, and we'll get into it more too when we kind of discuss what what players are at that position in the draft. But there's there's two very different types of safeties, right? And, and Savage versus Amos is a good example of that. You kind of have your guy who can play down in the box, comes downhill, gives support in the run game, and then you got your guy like Savage who's more of a coverage, roaming safety um, and it'll be interesting to see if we pick up a safety in this draft and what type of safety that is could kind of tip the Packers' hand of who they kind of plan to keep out of those two. You know, I, yeah, I, I read an interesting article a few days ago uh, talking specifically about safeties in the NFL and and how that position has evolved. You know, you kind of mentioned that there's the two types. You know, the thumper and then the free safety type that's just a roaming back there. Mm-hmm. Um, the thumper is kind of going away, um, and that's almost now that second linebacker that's kind of really small. Down. Yeah, that's really small. Probably what used to be a strong safety, 
is now really a linebacker in most defenses is kind of smaller, quicker. Um, but the two sa- deep safeties, um, you know, two deep shells, too high. Yeah. two high safeties that everybody's playing now. Very common. Those guys are more traditional defensive backs, you know. Someone um, that can, can line up and cover someone in the off slot the line. Yep. And, and do those versatile things. So I, I think, um, uh, you know, you've got to be a versatile safety now and more like a cornerback or at least like a slot cornerback playing safety nowadays. So Yeah, you know, the only problem evolved. is the reason why I think our defense, the way it's currently formed, could use one of those thumpers is because we have a lot of the more agile, smaller guys. Like you have Savage as a smaller safety. Jair's on the lighter side for cornerback. And if you have too many of those guys, people can expose you as well with big bodies. You mean kind of like the 49ers do to us every year? (laughs) So you don't want to get too small in your secondary at the same time because the bigger teams come playoff time who are going to pound it down your throat. That can cause a problem, you know. So I think there is something to having a healthy balancer or one of each back there. Ideally, if you can find that gem that can do both, just a big dude who can cover as well. But those are very rare, the, the Durham yeah. James types. Yeah. But So I think we'll be in search of one if we can find one, especially given the fact that it's unlikely we'll be able to retain. Both of the guys we currently have, yep. Might be both gone. You never know. So, So, yeah, that's why I think that's such an interesting position in this draft because there's a couple good examples of the very two different types. Yeah, no, I think think you're right. um, And then uh, linebacker, uh, I think we touched on that. Um, Tight end, we have Tunyon for now. Potentially Waller. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we use our second round pick on Waller. But, uh, yeah, we – picked DeGuara a couple years ago. He's more of your H-back tight end. Um, he's never really going to be much of a threat in the passing game. Now, kind of a smaller guy, too. He's not the biggest. Yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of hope for that guy. He's more like your uh, tight end H-back slash fullback. You mm-hmm. know, he's a little bit of do-everything, but he blew out his knee the year before, so yep. it's my hope that he's he's kind of fully recovered and he kind of just uh, takes off, although... Uh, I kind of noticed, uh, or it, it kind of became apparent, he made some mental errors throughout the season last year. So, uh, yeah, and, and especially like currently, we have Mercedes too, of kind of filling in that he's basically a glorified tackle out there. But he is definitely towards the end of his career. You never know if this is his last year. So, and and Tunyon, I think he's on a one year deal, right? Yeah. I think so there's so. going to be a lot of question marks at that position going forward after this year. So, but how many but, more third round draft choices can we invest in tight ends that don't pan out? <laughs> yeah, none of our third round selections pan out. So maybe we just train that away. Yeah, <laughs> get some yeah. more fourth. Yeah, round if we got to trade a pick, let's trade the third because we do pretty good in the fourth. The thing about tight end too, it's not a very good tight end class. No, there's not one, a lot of headliners, but there's there's some decent mid round selections. I mean, you always. I thought say there it's was one nice class. second rounder. I can't remember his name, but the one that stood out the most, yeah, Colorado State Trey McBride, I think. Yeah. He was the one I was also most interested in too because he seemed the guy like the little tight bit end of that could do yeah do a little bit he could block also good on the receiving end a lot of the other guys seem like just receiving threats um, or just blockers so but and then the last two um, I don't think we're going to be prioritizing either running back or quarterback in this draft maybe take a late flyer on one of those two positions but. Um, definitely not a spot of need because we have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And then you're set with Rodgers and um, Jordan Love for now at QB. Don't be surprised if we 
we're nailing a running back. I think we might just uh, dive into that pool. Not so a, on, I wouldn't say in the first four rounds. Probably not, but we find them a little bit later. Yeah, because one guy that I was excited about last year is that Kylan Hill before he tore his, I think, ACL, something in his knee. Yeah, but uh-huh. he was he was a seventh round selection, I believe, but he had some character issues. He should have gone probably a lot sooner. He seemed like he had a little spark in his step, um, but you never know how he's going to recover from that ACL injury because I don't think he was the fastest guy to begin with. Oh, well, I think he had decent athletic skills, but uh, but he's got nobody to blame but himself taking out a yeah kick. That was return. an unfortunate play. <laughs> but we hope he makes a full recovery. Yeah, I do because I liked his talent. He was a fun guy to watch, especially yep. on kick returns. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, so next I wanted to kind of talk some players. Um, first, maybe let's start out by talking about kind of the Gutenkunst way. Gutenkunst, that's always a hard name to say. Goody. Goody, we'll, get, we'll call it Goot, Goody. Stick to that. Um, but kind of his tendencies in the first couple of rounds or types, player molds he likes. Um, one thing that jumps out to me is um, he likes his high RAS score players. He likes the freak athletes. Yeah, he, he certainly does. Um, you know, Sean Gary is is exhibit A of that. And uh, a couple of years ago, we were all pretty disappointed in that pick. And uh, we all have come to realize Goody knows all, right? It turned out much better than we thought. Because that pick kind of came out of nowhere when it happened. It wasn't a guy that was mocked to us very often. He was kind of a high potential player, but didn't have a ton of sack production in college. But so he was kind of potential bust. Yeah. Looks like we Tarzan. Thought. Yeah, that's what we thought. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Uh, but he he's ended up being a great, uh, yeah. very, very good. I think still an ascending player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's even scratched the surface of where he's going to be. And he is already still very good right. in his current form. Um, but other guys too, like Jair, just a, a freak athlete, super fluid, quick, fast. Um, Darnell Savage, another really fast guy on the secondary. Both of those guys, a couple of guys that, uh, Goody specials where you trade down a little bit, then trade back up a little bit, move a little bit sideways, you know. Yeah, that's nothing to point out. Get yourself an extra pick. He does like to move around in the draft, um, whether it's going up to get a guy that he really likes or moving back, like you said, and acquiring an extra first round pick. Um, so he's not, he's definitely not afraid to float around the draft board, um, and uh, just to touch on the Rascore thing, too, even in late-round picks, like, do you remember that year we selected three receivers? And they were Javon Moore, MVS, and, and Economius St. Brown, yeah. all big, fast. Javon Moore wasn't the fastest, but MVS and EQ were extremely fast for their size. Um, just huge hulking guys. And that, that's kind of his model for receivers. He seems to like the really jumbo um, big, tall, fast guys. I think I remember that year uh, in training camp. Uh, they had thought that the Packers had like three of the top five fastest players picked that year. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, Green Bay's not known as uh, uh, the, the franchise with the, the swiftest players. You know, we're more black and blue division, you know, grinded out. Yep. You know, heck, our reputations are in our running game right now and everything. Uh, but we had some guys that could flat out fly there. Yeah, you can definitely tell they prioritize speed at the wide receiver position. Yep, and and they like their size too, you know. So. Uh, and then the other thing I noticed too is that at least in the first round, they really try to target those um, 
premium positions. So you're talking about your edge rushers, um, cornerbacks, quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I think I think also, and I, it maybe tackles. hasn't come into fruition yet, but uh, every time you and I think Goody had a press conference today where you know they spent an hour talking about nothing almost, but uh, but you know he's always advertised the fact just like Ted Thompson did. There's only so many big men yeah. available in the world today. Um, so if there's a really big, big-time talent at defensive line or at offensive tackle, um, that's somebody we would go out and, and reach for a little bit mm-hmm. um, because there just are not a ton of those types of players. I don't know if this is a, a year that that's going to happen because um, I don't think those defensive linemen – Especially down outside there. those top guys, yeah, and I just don't think there's enough there for us to go chasing uh, from an offensive tackle standpoint. Um, there probably, seem to be a couple more. On yeah, that there's side. there's more there, but I at the same time I don't think it's a desperate enough need for us uh, to force us to kind of jump into that too too much. Yeah, and that's another thing. It seems like Goot's been um, pretty steady with taking best player available. They, he's not really. A, I need this position. So I'm going to just reach and take the the best guy at that spot here. What he will do, though, is later in the draft, if there's a position in need, he'll throw three picks at that one position oh, yeah. and count that one one's going to pan out. We yep. saw it with the offensive line. We saw running it with the back. wide receiver. We saw it with running back. The, uh, Jones's year, it was Jones and Williams both picked. Yep. Jones ended up being better, being around later. Um, so that was kind of... So that's something to kind of keep an eye out for. Although I don't think we'll be doing that at receiver necessarily this year because we kind of need a guy. I think if we do pick receivers, it's going to be probably in the first three rounds. We'll take at least one. Um, I'd say in the first four picks, I bet. Yeah. You know, I would. And I, I think, think that's a pretty safe bet. And I think that's what's going to cause the Packers to do a little bit of moving around. Mm-hmm. Either we're going to get one of those elite ones, uh, you know, those top three or four that we, we all talk about and we will talk about here, or I think the Packers are going to be in love with one of those second-tier guys that might require him to move up from the late second round into the middle part of that round. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I like that we've got Goody on our side. Yeah, I think he's he done a chase. very good job so far in the couple of years that he's been GM. Except um, the third round. Except for the third round. <laughs> very true. And uh, we won't talk about the Jordan Love pick. <laughs> I don't still mind the Jordan Love it wasn't terrible, especially with everything up in the air with Rodgers. Well, but yeah. uh, you're never going to hit a home run on everything. The only thing I will say about the Jordan Love pick that I didn't love is that we traded up to get him. I would have been fine staying put and picking him, but um, but hey, I, I agree with that. But I think the the underappreciated factor in us taking Jordan Love is that since Goody did that, we have the two time reigning MVP. Uh, and the prior in the, three years that lit a fire that, under Rogers and behind I, camp. That's that's pretty valuable stuff, you know. So uh, put a little chip on Rogers' shoulder; it, uh, it it seems to pay off. So um, yeah, who knows? It, that's that's something we'll never truly be able to measure or see and, in statistics. But uh, and another thing is, we still don't know what Jordan Love could be. No, he could be the next great quarterback for the Packers or for another team. So he still could have been an amazing pick. So you don't want to write that off either. It could have been a great pick. We just don't know at this time. Well, and you know the other thing about that that nobody ever talks about is think about who who were the other quarterbacks picked in the first round the year 
Uh, we took Love. It was Herbert. Okay. Um, Tua, I think. Okay. And Tua was what? The second pick of the entire draft? I don't remember. Who was the, other, who was the one that went first? I can't even remember this. Because uh, Tua went second. I can't remember. But nonetheless, somebody Tua is a great example. Talk about wasted draft capital. You're you're talking probably about he's still got one more chance probably this year, but that was the second pick of the entire draft, and they're all already close to flushing him down the toilet, mm-hmm. right? The Packers invested a late first and a fourth rounder in somebody that doesn't pan out. Look at the Cleveland Browns. I bet you they've got four. You know Baker Mayfield, who they're ready to ship out. Uh, who is the other little quarterback that's running around up in Canada or something now? Um, oh, Manziel. Manziel, you know. I know they did Brandon Whedon a few years ago. He was a first-round pick. Uh, yeah, It's not an easy position to draft. No. So, so throw a dart late in the first. Right. I and, get it. And you can't, yeah. It's so, I don't have to love it, but I understand it. <laughs> nice. You're really using that love way <laughs> in a lot, of, a lot of fancy ways here. But... You know, as much as the Packers get beat up about that pick, if you compare them to the success rate of other teams with their draft picks in that position, I think we're doing all right. You know, yep. it's a good. it was a good dart to throw from a couple of different standpoints. So bringing it back to this year's draft, do um, you want to jump right into the wide receiver discussion? Because I think that's kind of where I've spent the most time looking at players this offseason it's one of the more fun positions to scout and it's our biggest need i'd say so yeah we can talk about that um a couple things that i wanted to note just around the packers relating to wide receivers there have been a couple quotes and just different things matt lafleur noted that i think his quote was that we need to get more speed in that room so we're looking for a blazer i don't think they're looking for that four five four six guy i think they want someone with some top end speed it's kind of serve the mvs role that took the top off the defense so that opens up things underneath. I'm not going to deny we need speed. But we're talking pre-draft chatter. So I think we're looking for a wide receiver. You think we're looking for a fast wide receiver. I don't know for sure if I'm on the same page. but And I'm not saying it's one player has to have it all. But they're going to draft one blazing fast receiver, I would imagine. I would imagine they'll get some speed on the outside. I'm not saying that their first wide receiver has to be the speedy guy, but they want to improve the overall team speed in that room. So when we're looking at players, I think that's going to be, it's not going to be the only factor, but I think it's going to be an important factor to consider. No, I think you're right. You know, I'm going to kind of ask you before you ask me because I'm kind of curious because. I think we're on different page, different pages as far as the receivers we like the best in this draft. Could be. I haven't heard of what you like at all, so we might be on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. We just might be, but I'm curious to to find out uh, who, who if because let's be realistic. You know the 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 least likely player from everything that we've probably read that would be available to the Packers would be the Ohio State wide receiver Wilson. It, uh, almost every mock mock draft that you look at has him going in the top, let's say, 18 picks, right? But everybody else, depending on the mock, 
it could be any one of them in any order. Yeah, I don't think there's much consensus on who the top three guys are. So pulling Wilson out of the mix. I think you're going to be surprised at who. Now, are you talking receivers that you like the most or receivers that you think we have a legitimate chance at drafting? Uh, Let's just say that you like the most because I think there's a legitimate chance that we could get any one of these depending on... Because it's it's kind of like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And I know you love ice cream. so Big ice cream. Big time ice cream guy. So, you know, you go into the, the ice cream store and, and you love five different flavors, but you got to pick one. And I think every team is going to like a little bit different flavor of ice cream. And these receivers all have a little bit different flavor to them. Yeah, and I think that's a big recent trend in the nfl kind of in the past it, it seemed teams were more likely like they want that prototypical tall fast wide receiver but nowadays there's so many different variations of offenses who are looking for different things and the distinctions between the different wide receiver positions seem to be as big as they've ever been you know and yeah. different shapes and sizes are playing all different roles nowadays yeah you got your you know you got the debo Get your you thicker, thicker dude. You know, I, I actually put um, Tyreek Hill in that thicker category because he's a small dude, but he's but compact. He's, I mean, he is—he's uh, he's pretty strong for his size. Yeah. I mean, the guy we drafted last year, Rogers. You know, he's kind of fits that category. Yep. But you know, there's also the, the guy Philadelphia picked last year. You just know? yeah, there's a lot. There's and this, that's the it, interesting it thing. Might this be year. 170 pounds soaking wet, right? Is because yeah, yeah. Devontae Smith is just stick but and that's what's so interesting this year is like these wide receivers are just all different shapes and sizes so it's not so that you can't compare it's like comparing apples to oranges it's like almost like these guys you could swear they play different positions you well, know? yeah and they all do different things i mean some of them are built similarly but they do different things even though they're the same size mm-hmm. so and that's why i think it's gonna be interesting for the packers because i think they're gonna draft different body types for different roles yeah because in our offense we have a big-time need. LaFleur loves the screen game, right? We have a big-time need for receivers who can block, who are willing blockers. So you, We also have a big-time need for slot guys. And we need... or Not, we, not necessarily need, but we have a carved-out role in our offense for slot guys. We have a couple guys on the team right now. I think the most carved-out role the Packers have is for a deep threat. That doesn't mean he's going to catch the most balls. But I think it's a vital part of the Packer offense to make it work. Yeah, the you got to carry. The passing you need game. to carry bodies down the field. Yes, and that's where uh, you know uh, MVS. You know, we really missed him whenever he was out, and he was out a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a Darren Waller might really help us, but you're driving us crazy. You're the suspense is just killing us. We just want to know who is your big dog. You want me to say who my number one is? Yeah. Whether or not I think it's realistic that he's there. Yeah. The receiver that I like the most is Jamison Williams from Alabama. He has the ACL, but to me, he's the scariest guy. His speed, to me, seems different from anyone else on film. You know, I think that's an excellent choice as your number one. It's not my number one, but it's an excellent choice. But the devil's advocate in me just makes me question... Why couldn't he beat out Wilson in Ohio State? Why couldn't he beat up Olave in at Ohio State? And he had a transfer to Alabama to get on the field. And to your point, why couldn't Joe Burrow 
be the starting quarterback at Ohio State? Why did he have to go to LSU? You know, sometimes it's a change of scenery to let guys flourish. Yeah, no, I'm not going to deny that. And and but it is it does it is a concern, right? I'm not saying that. Oh, there could be something to that. And well, and I just don't know the situation well enough. I just go off the year that Jameson Williams had. And from what I watched, I mean, that guy is scary fast. And he just has this extra gear, the acceleration that he has. It's I wouldn't say it's as good as Tyreek Hill, but it's kind of in that, that and, same and category. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's light, but he's like 6'2"-ish. Yeah, he's, I think he's 6'1". 6'1", 180. Yeah. So he's technically, he is lighter than Wilson, though, even a little bit. The NFL will beef him up a little bit, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know. But but he, I would say they're similar players. I, I just think Jameson has a little bit more, or Williams has some more explosion to him, to his game, which I think um, I'm a little bit more interested in than Wilson. But I think Wilson's also one of the top guys. So so your guy, how does that fit uh, Aaron Rodgers? I want to win now. It doesn't. And that's why I don't think it's a real realistic option. One, I don't think he's going to be there for either of our picks. And two, he's going to make a tough choice if if he's available. If he's available, I think we have to. I I think we'd be foolish not to take him. Um, but but again, it's not going to help immediately. And then if you have a, he's not going to be ready at least until halfway through the year. And then with someone who didn't participate in camp or any team activities, you know, he's going to be behind when he does um, get on the field. So. If you're looking for, I don't, the, the thing is, if you're looking for immediate impact, he's definitely not your guy. But I don't think you necessarily get the immediate impact you think you can get out of most rookie wide receivers. I think it's kind of a, an anomaly, the, the Justin Jefferson types, where else are Jamar Chases. I don't think there's that guy in this draft that he comes in, even if he's healthy. I don't think there's that guy that makes an immediate impact and changes the math this year. Right, and I don't think it's the old NFL where you know it, it takes three years to develop a wide receiver. I don't think we're at that point, but I think it takes into year two mm-hmm. to kind of get there. So, um, yeah, no, I I like your I like your choice. I think he would clearly be the first pick, uh, first wide receiver off the board had he been healthy and not uh, blown out that knee. But uh, here, my guy is also a guy that I think is fairly unlikely. Uh, to be available for us, but boy, I, and and another guy a little bit coming off injury, but I think this guy could do so much for our offense. And and my guy is Drake London mm. from USC. He does fit the type that we like. You know, he's what six four two twenty, six four two twenty, and I think you know he's not a blazer, right? So yeah, he didn't. He had that ankle you guys injury, up a little bit that and way. And he didn't run the 40. So I do have I do wonder how fast he is, but when you're 6'4 and you can go up and get the ball the way he does, I don't think you need to be blazing fast. Yeah, and and the thing that really perked my two things really perked my interest in this guy. Actually, let's say three. Number 1 you mentioned size, right? Number 2 is this fits the Packer way is the guy actually likes to block and you don't take wide receivers in the first round just because they like to block, right? It's not what you're paying them for. But he does. And and 
you know, we've heard Lafleur talk about it over and over. That's why they like Lazard. You know, he's willing to stick his nose in there. So, um, and we do require wide receivers to do a lot of blocking. So I like that. But the other thing that um, I don't know if you've read this, but London has very good short area quickness. Hmm. They said for a guy that's 6'5", he's got, I don't know if the right term was happy feet, but he, he really, um, he's got that kind of Devontae Adams, you know, take a three-yarder and, and turn it into a little bit more. And I really like that about him. Um, so he's uh, he is my number one guy. Uh, but I do like those size guys, but uh, uh, I don't know. He's a if guy that I'm not that. quite as high on. I think he's very good. I just have, I don't know why. I don't have a good reason behind it. But he just. Another injured guy, you he know. He just strikes me as someone who might have bust potential. The way I kind of see him is he kind of appears to me like a slightly slower Mike Evans. And Mike Evans is very good. But I, I just I, I take I a do, Mike Evans. All I do day long. question. I just question the speed. I'm not saying he's slow. I just don't know how fast he is. That's the you know, and that's this kind of brings up a good point. You know, there's so much that rides on the 40 times of these guys, and I I think with the analytics of the NFL these days, that why do they even bother with the 40 yard dash? Because the 40 yard dash can be can be coached. It's it's how do these receivers learn how to run track, right? How do they get out of the blocks? It's not it's not it's nothing That's similar not a, to football speed. It's not. It's not no the pads, same thing. Right. You're in a sprinter stance. So so if I'm Mr. Analytics and I'm working for the Green Bay Packers, I'm looking at all of the USC game film and you know how we see it on TV where they're they're like, this guy's running twenty miles an hour on this play. But he's four six forty guy. How in the hell is he running one of the fastest plays of the year that's what i'd be trying to analyze how but how good is he at getting away from guys the counterpoint to that though is you can measure top end speed like that but another component is to acceleration how fast can they get to that speed you know so he might be streaking down the field at 20 miles an hour but you're not going to get around too many guys if it takes you a long time to get up to 20 miles an hour it's just such a hard thing to measure, which is game speed. Right. I, I mean, you're, you know, your Mike Evans comparison was a great one. And the people that rip on uh, London, uh, the, the guy that they most point to is the guy the Vikings took a number of years ago. Remember this guy named Treadwell? Mm-hmm. The Quan Treadwell. Quan Treadwell. I mean, he was a first-round draft choice. You know, he's built similar to this. I don't think he was quite as big. But they thought he had all the intangibles, just didn't have the speed. And that he was going to be, you know, a do-everything. Um, and, you know, he's pretty much washed out with, I think, his best year. Only had 35 catches or something like that. Yeah, and, and like I said, I don't really have a good reason. There's just something about him that just doesn't do it for me. But I think the Packers would love – I think he's the exact mold the Packers are looking for for a big-body receiver. So if he's there at 22, 28, I think the Packers would snap him up in a heartbeat. I think a lot of people would agree with that. 88, 88 catches in a, like six games or something like that? Six or eight games? I mean, the guy was... Is that real? Uh, I'm serious. This guy did not play that much last year before he got hurt. 88 catches in eight games. <laughs> and USC, I mean, he didn't have the greatest quarterback yeah, there either. Nobody, nobody to rely on. So, so. Big time t- production. He did have eight drops last year. 
So maybe not the greatest hands, but percentage wise, I mean, yeah, I'll right. take a few drops. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. So I think the Packers would be ecstatic to have a Drake London. He doesn't do it quite for me. And I'm not saying I don't like him. I just don't, he's not my favorite of the whole group. Um, I think there's similar players of that frame that I would like later on more than Drake London hmm. in that first round. Well, one of us is hopefully happy with with this pick. Now, if you're if you live in Green Bay like we do, right? What's the wide receiver everybody wants to see in a Green Bay Packers uniform? Not the guy I want to see in the Packers uniform. Well, I don't, we already I, I, talked about the two guys that we'd like to see. I think he's a very good receiver. I think you're talking about Chris Olave, exactly. But I don't think he's. I think he's one of the worst fits for our offense. Yeah, I think he's. Um, He's a really good route runner. Now, now I'm a little surprised because you love vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Wide receivers run routes, and and this guy is about as vanilla <laughs> as you can get. You know, not that he yeah. doesn't have talent; he got talent. He's very good, but, but he, he, I don't think he wows you in any category. He's a smaller guy, he's very fast, but he just cannot block. He's not physical. I think he's willing, though. I don't know, and and. and I think he's going to be good on another team. I don't think he fits our offense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. He's not. A, I think we need a true outside receiver. The the only thing I think um, that he does bring to the, the Green Bay Packers, if he does get picked here, is he can get on the field the quickest. You know, he yeah. probably could start. He's one of the one. more pro ready. Yeah, receivers. But he, but he also the the part that doesn't fit the Packers to me is. I think he's a little bit on the older side. He, it's rare that you see four-year wide receivers, and I think he's a four-year wide receiver with Ohio State. Olave is uh, just under twenty-two, so but that's 20, he's been there. Four he'll be years. twenty-two by the time the season starts. Yeah. I mean, and usually when you go to a program like Alabama or Ohio State, they expect those receivers and stuff to be gone. You know, a little bit quicker than he is. So, is he a safe picture? Is he going to be a perennial all-pro in the future? I just don't see it, you know. Yeah. I I just don't think he's a good fit for us. But I, I don't doubt that someone else is going to take him before the 20th pick. Because I think he's very talented. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I, I think he's a safe pick is what he is. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, the other one that people around here talk about a lot is Traylon Burks. Yeah, I'm curious to see what you think of him. I think uh, my opinion is of him is I'm praying to God the Packers don't draft him. That's, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm starting to sound like Debbie Downer with a lot of these guys, but he is the one receiver out of all of them that we've talked about so far I want the absolute least. I think... The guy that he reminds me of is that LaVisca Chenault for Jacksonville. Mm. He's a big dude, um, 6'2", 225. He's strong. But the thing that scares me the most about him is it was all screens and quick targets in college. He has almost zero route running experience. 68% of his catches were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage last year. He has a ton of stats. I mean, he's a... He's a physical specimen, but we need, I think he's more of that gadget player, right? But I think what we need right now is someone who can turn into a legitimate receiver. 
He right. might be able to turn into that, but he's one of the most unpolished actual receivers right now. And I just don't think that's what we need. And the only defensive uh, gadget player, he's Arkansas, right? I mean, that's SEC. So he's playing against those LSU defensive backs and those Alabama defensive backs. Um, I don't know. I mean, but SEC is a bigger conference now. It's not every week you're playing against, you know, the Georgias, the, the Alabamas, the LSUs. But uh, so he has had some success. But uh, I, I think his measurables, he doesn't have, a, he doesn't get up in the air for a bigger receiver, right? Well, I had heard rumors too that he didn't measure quite as well at the combine as people expected. And there were rumors that he was pretty out of shape during training. Because, I mean, he is a bigger guy, too. So, with conditioning concerns, because when you watch the tape, he was, like, running away from people in the SEC. So, he must have the speed. So, he, I'm assuming he was just out of shape for the combine. Right. But if you're out of shape for one of the most important physical testing days of your career, that makes me a little concerned as well. So, that on top of the inexperienced route running, I just... He kind of screams project receiver, more of a gadget guy. He reminds me of the guy from a couple of years ago, the year that, that we took love. Um, who was the guy? Was he out of Baylor or whatever? Good-sized wide receiver. I think he went to the Jets. What? Denzel Mims. Mims, yep. That's what he reminds me of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a tease to me. So um, I'd be okay if, if we passed on him. And, and really, the mocks... Show him anywhere from number fifteen through late in the second, even. So yeah, it's, it's a wild card. That's the thing we haven't talked about. You know, you know, Green Bay fan is is searching these wide receivers out, and they swear to God, six of these guys are first round worthy. And it's really, from everything I've read, not a stellar wide receiver class. It's a good one, but not off the charts. I think great. there's a lot of very good players. But not a lot of great players. Right. But um, a couple of guys that I think fit the mold well. Um, one is that George Pickens. He's 6'3", 195. Um, he's really – I mean, he's a pretty physical guy. Um, willing blocker. Um, he did. He had the ACL injury, so he didn't play much last year. I think he only played in a handful of games, maybe one or two. He's fast, big. He's kind of that mold that Green Bay is looking for. But I and Green Bay used the top thirty visit on him. The only thing is, I don't think we pick him because of the character concerns. Are you very familiar with Pickens? Yeah, um, I I didn't hear a ton on the, the character concerns. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a crazy thing. I I and correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that he had the smallest hands in, in of, of most of the guys that were um, reviewed, you know, at the at the combine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think he's you know he he kind of reminds me a little bit of an MVS. I think he's just a little bit of a project. I don't think he's as fast as MVS, um, but you know, from a size standpoint and everything, he kind of fits the Packer. He's willing. He's a willing blocker and yeah, everything like that. I just, I think he fits the mold well. And I think I've seen a lot of mocks with him fitting us. I just don't, like, the character concerns is there's some NFL um, front office people saying that he's bombing interviews. He has 
Um, his earlier years at Georgia, he got in a fight on the field with someone, and he also got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for squirting water on a player who was tackled on the sideline. So it's just stuff like that. Um, I know Green Bay is really high on good locker room guys. I just don't think they want to ta- add someone into a, the room that's doing very well right now. I don't think. I just think they avoid anyone with character concerns like that. Even though he is kind of the one of the perfect kind of fits for what we're looking for. So that's why I'm not that interested in him. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you want to take a late second round flyer on him, I just don't see the Packers having much interest in a, in a guy like that. Yeah, I don't think so either. The, the guy that's similar build, I don't know if you if you've studied this guy at all, but um, and he's kind of on my radar more so second round again is um, that that Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Yeah, he's one of the ones that I am very interested. In. I think he is one of the best fits for us. Um, I'm a little bit higher on him than others seem to be, but yeah, he's a big, fast guy. Um, people say he's not, or some say that he doesn't have quite the polished route running, but I think from what I saw, he does just fine. Yeah, I think he's a, he kind of fits that MVS mold, uh, a little bit more straight line speed. He doesn't have a lot of shake to him. Um, but at the same time, I, I like I like his size. And size-wise, he's he's better than the last guy you mentioned. This guy's 6'3", um, 210-ish. Yeah, he's good-sized. And you know, he, I know he ran a four four one, but... He looked even faster. Like he got behind guys all the time. Yeah. So, and and that's a guy I wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers reach for even. Yeah. I don't know if that at the end of the first, but maybe they trade out of the first into the early second and they take him there. But that's a guy I think that fits. He's, he's from what I hear, is a good character guy, um, big, fast, willing to block. I like that. I would like that pick a lot. Early yeah. second, even late second. Everybody talks about his hands, and and you know that that's this kind of fits the Packer bill, right? We always draft good wide receivers in the second round. Yeah, he's, he's kind of falls into that category uh, of somebody like that. So um, he was he was another guy that I'm not necessarily saying first round or anything like that. Yeah. Although he feels like the kind of guy. It wouldn't shock me if he went in the first round. No, if we took him at the number twenty eight pick or something like that, you know, he fits the Packers picking an athlete. You know, everything you talked about Goody before and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I don't think he deserves to go that high, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, we've done it in the past with different players. If we like them, we'll go up and get them yep. at the higher spot. So who yeah. else do you I, like? One other one that I think is uh, Christian Watson is intriguing because he's another big 6'4", 208, super fast, 4'3", That's like MVS speed, MVS size. Um, he seems very similar to MVS all around. Drop problems are his big thing in college. They said his hands, they say he doesn't catch, he doesn't make it look easy when he catches the ball. And another thing that concerns me with him is smaller school. So what was the competition like? But this, he's a freak athlete. He's like, what they say? He was the closest in measurables to Calvin Johnson. He was almost a 10 on the RAS score. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, of a Packer wide receiver that, that he had had little flashes teased for for years and years uh jeff janice uh packers legend jeff janice yes yeah, well he had, a, <laughs> he had a game in arizona that uh was pretty spectacular um when we were down to almost no wide receivers but that's what he reminds me of you know i i think he's hard to you know usually when you get that that lower level competition a guy like watson should have just dominated and he didn't he well he did well he did well but 
I don't think his offense was designed around him. But it surprises me a little bit because I think he was at the school. Who was the big-name quarterback? Trey Lance. Trey Lance was there just last year. And you would think that combination, running game be damned, you know? You'd think that would lit the world up. So that bothers me a little bit about him. Yeah, and... Early in the my draft research, he was my numero uno guy. But then the more that comes out about him and stuff, I, I'm not saying late second round would I like it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't. I would be intrigued by the. Yeah, the, he's the a second concept. round pick to me. I wouldn't. I, a lot I wouldn't of people, trade up to get him in the second though. A lot of people are saying he's he has a good chance. He's been climbing draft boards. He has a good chance going the first. I don't see him as a first round pick. But in the second round, um, I wouldn't be opposed. Another good thing about him is he has kick return experience. So that would be another plus because uh, we're always looking for specialists. But um, he, I thought he fit the what the Packers might be looking like. And also the Packers, I think, used a top 30 visit on him as well. So, um, And there's been quite a few players drafted off those top 30 visit lists. So it wouldn't sort of shock me if the Packers go after a guy like him. Um, you know, another guy that kind of um... – is kind of this little bit decent, a pretty decent size kind of guy that intrigues me in a little bit lower level competition is Jalen Tolbert. Okay. I didn't South Alabama. I don't know too much about him. Um, another guy that's, you know, he's what six, six, one, 195, something like that, you know, uh, four, four type speed. Um, he's done some really, really good things. Um, and he kind of fits what I think we're looking for. Um, a little bit of a body catcher, um, and, you know, given his level of, of, um, competition and stuff, I don't think they've developed him from the standpoint of running different routes and stuff like that. Uh, but, but everything I've read is he gets away from guys in a hurry. So he, he's doing some things right. So he was a guy, One and, guy. and I know we're jumping around, you know, we're, yeah. this is probably this a third rounder, third and, although yeah. he's rated in, you know, um, uh, he would, we he, both, yeah, we both like this same goes. guy, this Dane Bulger, Brugler, the the scout that we, uh, Brugler, right, from the Athletic. That's that sounds name. something like Brugler, maybe. Brugler. Brugler. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know his name, but but uh, rated real close to what Watson was, you know. So a guy that I like a lot, but the Packers I don't think are going to pick him. He doesn't fit what we need. He's, he's more of a, I think he'd play more slot in the NFL, is that uh, Jahan Dotson. I you, think you he, mean in college? Yeah, he played more, he played X in college. So he played outside in college at Penn State. Oh, okay. But in the NFL, he's 5'10", 180. Yeah. He's not, he, I don't think he would survive much on the outside, but he's one of my favorite receivers in this draft. I think he's going to be a stud just because he's fast. He ran a 4-4-3, but he's not a quick guy. He didn't have the greatest agility. That's what bothers me about but, a small guy that's not. But when you watch his tape, he uh, he is one of the most polished route runners. And I think the thing that jumped out to me is like he understands how to play the position of wide receiver. Like he did some Devontae Adams type things from the standpoint of he knows how to manipulate defenders. He He's using all kinds of fakes. He's using blind spots. He knows where the blind spots are for corners. 
which you don't see a lot of in college. Usually in college, you see like, I'm the better athlete. I'm going to run by you and I'm going to run for a 60 yard touchdown. This guy knows, it seems like he has the nuances of the position that a lot of guys his age don't know. So I think he's one of the most pro ready from like a route running standpoint. I don't think he fits the package. He's small. He's a slot guy, but I think he's, I don't one I don't, of the my, one of my favorite receivers in the draft. I I can fe- I can see why a lot of people like this guy. You know, I mean, we've watched him play against the Badgers and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I, he doesn't fit the profile of what Goody likes. You know, he's a marginal athlete, right? He well, that's what's interesting about him. He's he's fast, but he's not laterally quick. Yeah, I mean. What, he's an what, average wide receiver athlete. He's like six. I think it was like a five point nine RAS. What I think about is yak, right? Yards after the catch. Yep. And this guy is not known for. He's the not going to juke you out of your shorts. Yeah, he's just just doesn't doesn't quite have that. Um, I think you like that guy. I mean, you know, they've got him rated borderline first rounder. I, I just don't feel it. I would. I mean, I if we picked be, him, I'd be happy. I, I don't would. think he fits, but I'd be glad he's on the team. I wouldn't. I, but I don't think he plays a role we need. That's the problem. If you're asking me, and and I know the body types aren't aren't exactly the same by any stretch, but he's a hunter Renfro from the the Raiders. You know, he's this guy that that is going to sneak. Hunter's free. quick, not yeah. fast. This guy's fast, not quick. Well, he yeah. almost seems like a slower Jerry Judy to me. Yeah, he'd be a lot slower than Jerry Judy, <laughs> but he also has punt return experience, so that I think is could be valuable. No, that that yeah, I I think there's some value in that. There's no doubt. Um, um, and so, then two late round guys like sleepers. Um, I don't want to go into them a ton, but just some names to keep in mind. I think Bo Melton from Rutgers could be a a big time player, and I think he'd be a later round guy. He I don't went, know much about him. Went to Rutgers, but he was a four-star high school recruit. Went to Rutgers not because he had to go to Rutgers, but he chose Rutgers, I guess. Because um, he was so damn smart or what? I don't know if he had family connections or something, but he's 5'11", 190, so mm. not twig thin, but not oh, super tall. Decent thick. size. 4'3", four, 4'4", four speed. Ooh. Fast and shifty. Huh. So, I like the combination of... Of size and speed there. Yeah. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. I think he could be dynamic. And then another guy I was interested in was that Velas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. Kind of same build. 5'11", 204. He ran a 4'3", And the Packers brought him in for a top 30 visit. He's kind of a oh. he's kind of a yak specialist. Just get the ball in his hands. Let him do his thing. Um, also a kick returner and a later round guy. So I think he could be also a weapon. So those two guys I think later in round... Later rounds, um, just just names to keep an eye on. So you're kind of talking about those small uh, scat scat backy slot type guys. Yep, I know we don't need them, but but that's the thing about those two is they're five eleven, so they're not super short. Yeah, but but you haven't talked about the other little squirt that's kind of in this thing, and that's Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Yeah, I he was a little too short for me. What are we talking? A half inch difference? Five nine. <laughs> five nine. And but what? I guess people and a are, half. He's <laughs> he's climbing draft boards too, I think. Um yeah. I don't know the most about him. But um Yeah, did you have anything to add on him? No, I, I, I I've heard nothing but good things. I didn't I didn't dwell on him. Um mainly because, you know, 
we're kind of okay there. And and I, I'm sure we got to ride Rogers for another year. Um, but I, I'm hearing really good hands. Um, you know, he's got decent speed, four four one. Um, you know, for a guy that small, um, he's got some leaping ability, 34 and a half, you know, so that's not too bad. I wish we needed a slot receiver. It seems to be a ton of slot guys in this draft. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the one thing that bothered me about the Sky Moore thing is, you know, I, I kind of think about that sh- short shuttle and he's up in there in the, in the sevens, uh, which isn't stellar. Um, but He's he's kind of one of those gadgety kind of guys, you know. Yeah. I think a jet sweep type of thing. Um, I th- I think the only way the Packers go after something like that is if they've really got a role kind of carved out for him. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about this guy's ability. I think that's one factor we haven't really talked about with these wide receivers. I think it's going to be more important than ever that they have um, some smarts. You know that their ability to pick up the playbook is going to be vitally important to the Packers, just because we are in such dire need of of getting him on the field real quick. Yeah, and that's another thing with Aaron Rodgers; he wants people on the field that have a clue of what's going on. You got to be on the same page. You got to. Rodgers likes to know that you're kind of on the same um, wavelength. You know, he loved that with Devontae. Obviously, you got to build to that point. But if you don't know what's going on and you're not paying attention, Rodgers isn't going to want you on the field. So you got to dive into the playbook. You got to be smart. Um, so that's definitely important. But yeah, the only the only other wide receiver we really haven't talked about that I've kind of got on my list is is the other wide receiver from Alabama that uh, John Mechie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's probably what third round range, a little bit more in that smaller side again. Um, uh, I, I I've got nothing you know big on him other than the fact that. Uh, you got to take a double look when you're talking about a Alabama anything, uh, but they are kind of they they produce a lot of um, wide receivers down there. So uh, very good after the catch is is something that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not a, a super physical kind of guy. So so let's touch on some other positions. Um, you kind of want to stick to like first second rounders that we're interested in. Well, I have my second favorite position, which. Uh, is, is these edge rushers, probably the deepest position of mm. the draft. So edge rusher is a position that uh, I didn't do the most research on just because um, a lot of the top guys um, I think are going to be long gone by the time we pick. And then a lot of those middle tier, the second tier guys, um, I don't think are real realistic options in the late first round, maybe second round. Um, the only one that really jumped out to me that I think might have a chance of being there is that George Karlaftis. Um I would be really interested in taking him at 22. Um, if he's there, I think that'd be a great selection. He provides a lot of versatility, big, strong guy, um, high motor. Sounds like he really cares um, about developing his game. So I think if he's there at 22, I would be tickled pink with the Packers taking him. Um, but is there anyone else that you had your eyes on at that spot? Well, I mean, that's the guy that I've got my eyes on. And, and he's kind of a guy that I've kind of had him down my list and then I've moved him up a little bit. And so it, it, he's kind of interesting. The more I learn about the more I kind of like about him. Mm-hmm. Um, his best football was actually played two, three years ago. Um, and he's kind of fallen off a little bit. And that's what soured me on him early on. But, the, you know, given his size, you know, 6'4", 266, um, just a really good athlete. 
strong dude, probably more of a power rush kind of guy. Um, the, it bothered me that he's kind of gone downhill instead of stayed up. Hmm. But then I learned, uh, you know, doing my research, scouting this thing, listening to things I hear, is that the guy had COVID. And who knows what the lasting effects of that were. Okay. You know, so, um, you know, he, he might be a guy that, you know, had he not had those down years, he might have been picked top 10. And if we can get him down in that 22-28 range, um, I, I think he's one of the guys that I would feel good about the Packers um, using a, one of those first picks on rather than a wide receiver. And I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, and when I look at his production, you say he dropped off the last two years. If you're looking at the sack column, I think that's true. But he's I think he's a guy similar to Rashawn Gary where he might not show up as much as you'd expect in the sack column, but I think his pressures are really high. So he's still affecting the quarterback. He's just not getting getting all the way there and getting him down. But as long as you can impact the quarterback, um, I think the sacks will come eventually. But yeah, that's a good point. If he did come down with COVID, I wonder t- to what effect that had on his season. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm kind of fired up about him. But early on, I was thinking, you know, kind of cause Packer fans, but I was, I was, I was comparing him to that uh, linebacker we used to have a number of years ago, that Perry. Um, Nick Perry. Nick Perry. You know, just kind of like a one-trick pony. Not a terrible player. We got some decent production out of him. Um, I guess I'm always looking for some upside, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked him. Um, and he's, he kind of fits Packers mold a little bit on the younger side. Um, and I do remember him playing against the Badgers and he's kind of really was messing things up pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so he was, he was one of the guys that I, I really liked. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who, uh, the, there's an interesting guy, uh, not Hutchinson out of Michigan, but the, the number two guy there. Um, Ojabo or Ojabo, yeah, he's kind of, and and it seemed to be the theme uh, of looking at, especially these defensive edge rusher types and linebackers and stuff. It's it's kind of like they were born and raised outside of the country, and then they kind of came back or or came to the United States. So they're they're a little bit green, a little bit raw, but he's the guy that collected uh, all the sacks uh, for Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Aiden Hutchinson was was garnering a lot of attention, you know, much like when Gary was there, uh, some of the other players got, got the numbers. Um, so he's another guy, but, uh, I think, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good sized dude, six four, two fifty, really good speed for a big guy, you know, four five five guy. Um, and the, you know, what I always like about the defensive guys is the, is the, the motor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that they're willing to move around and do some stuff. Um, you know, he's very quick off the uh, off the ball, that kind of thing. Um, the downside is he, he's he's. Uh, I think he got banged up here at the end of the year. I forget what the injury was, but um, he's he's got some injury bug that's kind of pushing him down the draft boards a little bit. And was it an Achilles? Right? Yeah, it looks like an Achilles injury. Yeah, so something like that. So. Um, but he, he's kind of perked my interest as far as that goes. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's so many of these edge guys and I think, uh, a little bit to do with the edge players is, you know, it's boom or bust, you know, but people value them so, so much. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think once know. you get past that first round, it's it's a bunch of developmental guys. And yep. It's kind of hard to project out. It's just kind of raw athleticism, um, big bodies. Uh, uh, not that they're not talented. It's just I didn't. Um, I found it hard from an armchair kind of perspective to project where they, how good they are, where they're going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. They talk about a lot of them. Um, the, the one guy that I've got him projected, I'd love for us to get our fingers on him, like in a second round, uh, which we'd probably have to do some moving around and stuff. But, you know, uh, it always seems we get some West Coast guys, especially in the defensive line and stuff. I forget who the scout is for the Packers, but he's the one that found Clark out there and, you know, a number of other players. Uh, but this guy, another guy out of USC that I like is Drake Jackson. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard much about him, but he's he's a good-sized dude, you know, 6'3", 250. Um, I've got him as a, you know, just a really explosive, twitchy in short area, um, and then he's just a big-time chaser, you know. So, you know, I know we've talked about chasers before in the past. You know, I'm not a, you know. The, the, you hate your chasers. I hate the chasers because they're not making plays typically, but you need some chasers. To, to handle the run game and stuff and uh, chase some of these guys down. But I like the potential of a guy like him. Um, so he was um, he was, he was a guy that jumped out. Um, should we move on to defensive linemen? Yeah, we can. We can do that. Um, I don't have a lot of love for the defensive linemen. Yeah, I think the defensive linemen at least um, are pretty top-heavy. Uh, I think there's like three guys I'd be interested in the first round. Um, one of which I don't think is going to be in consideration for the Packers. Um, granted, who even knows if he's there. Um, the three guys that I thought were top-notch were the Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis combo from Georgia, um, and then Travis Jones from UConn. Um, with, with the Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis, Wyatt being more of the pass rush specialist, he's going to get after the quarterback more. And Jordan Davis, just the freak athlete, um, beast run defender. Um, not quite as well-rounded penetrating the line, um, but just a, a, a brick wall there in the center. I don't think either of those two will be there when we're picking. Um, and I, and if Wyatt is, he's got some character concerns with the domestic violence just allegations like in the past. Packer, again, yep, again with that. I, I don't think that's something someone that the Packers would be interested in bringing in, even if he's there. Um but uh, I'd be, I think the Packers would be all over Jordan Davis if he's there at 22 or if we move up. Um, I don't think he's going to be there, so I didn't really consider him too closely. But I did think Travis Jones, just a big run stopper, nose tackle type player, um, would be a great compliment to Kenny Clark. Kind of allow, give Kenny Clark some more freedom to get after the quarterback um, and do some different things. But uh, outside of those three, those are, that's pretty much all I saw there in the first round. You, you know, uh, before I get into the defense lineman, there is one more edge rusher that that I thought I'd talk about, um, uh, and and I and I almost choke in saying this because uh, knowing one of our relatives, Tyler, uh, you know he loves his Minnesota Gophers, and we oh. don't like those guys too much. But uh, boy, Mafe, um, out of Minnesota, he's he's another guy that. Uh, um, I like him in the second round. I think he's another one of those guys that we'd probably have to trade up to get um, or trade down to get 
either or, you know, because I think he's that early second round kind of guy. But he kind of fits the bill. I mean, four five three speed for an edge rusher. You don't see that too often. Um, and he's another one of these high motor guys. Um, pretty raw. Um, you know, I think he relies on one or two moves, but uh, guy with a ton of potential. Yeah, the thing I didn't like about him, um, or the red flag I saw with him is he's 23 and a half, almost 24 by the time the season starts. So if you are that raw athlete, you don't really have a lot of runway to get it all together, you know, when you're that age coming out. Yeah. So if he's a, if he's a two year project, you're 26 by the time you're hitting your prime, you don't have that many years ahead of you. Um, so that was one of the drawbacks I saw with him, but, um, but yeah, freak athlete, like you said, and if he does put it together quickly, he could be a, a definitely a different difference maker there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I but, agree with everything hey, you're saying there. As a Wisconsin alum, we have no place for Minnesotans <laughs> on the Packers. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. But, um, yeah. So, um, so, so going back to your defensive lineman, you know, um, you're right. You, you kind of pegged those few guys, especially the Georgia guys. Um, I'm not in love with any one of these three, you know, um, the, the Yukon guy, you know, uh, the big thing with him was one dimensional. I just don't think you invest a lot in that unless you think there's potential to, to develop some of that other stuff. Um, but the, the freak of nature really is Jordan Davis. It's absurd. <laughs> I mean, it's frightening. I mean, 6'6", 341 pounds. And I'm hearing this guy typically plays at about 375. That he can't even keep the weight off. And that's probably the biggest rip on him is that he's sucking wind all the time. But the dude ran a 4'7", 8". 340-pound human running that quickly is... I mean, that's just unheard of. I think I read something. They went back for I don't know how many years, um, and, and they they couldn't come up with anybody that was even physically in this guy's category. But that's a, that's a monster of a man. Yeah, it's... I yeah. wouldn't want to be on, lining up on the other side of that. You know, the only thing... Uh, that begs me to say, this is a potential Green Bay Packer pick that we would trade up for, is the fact that he's a freak. And there are just so many human beings like this, which that's the kind of thing that Goody can kind of fall in love with. And if he's okay with the character of the guy, which I'm not okay with. Well, Davis, Wyatt was the one with the... No, but this guy's lazy. I mean, this guy's got a real struggle. You know, and and a guy that size, why wouldn't he lead uh, the nation in quarterback sacks or something? If the guy can run a four seven eight, but he he really hasn't piled up a ton of stats. He's kind of like Rashad Gary, right? Yeah. Well, I mean that Georgia defense, they're just studs all over the place. Yeah. So so, so, so he'd be the, my, he'd, they're going to spread around a little bit. He'd be my guy that I don't love the guy, but if the Packers got him, I'd say. He'd be in, a fun guy to watch. In Goody, I trust, you know. But, I again, the only way we're getting him is if we trade up because the guy is such a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, Devontae Wyatt, I don't think we touch him just because of the character issues. Um, although, I think he's he's a more productive player. Um, you know, my notes just say, I hope we don't touch him. I hope we don't touch him. 
Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Okay. Um, but, you know, from a defensive line standpoint, uh, I feel it's one position we have a big-time need, but I think that's the reason we signed that Reed guy is because we don't see the potential to get a guy. Yeah. That can kind or of maybe we take a project later in the draft. Right, right. Give him a year or two. So um, that kind of covers that that uh, that position group. So flipping over to the other side of the line, you want to talk a little bit about offensive linemen? Yeah, I'm going to rely a little bit more on you just because I lost my notes <laughs> for some of that stuff. Uh, but, dog but there's ate a the bunch, homework, huh? Yeah, but there's nice. a bunch of guys. There's a lot of guys. Um, it's, an, again, another one of those positions where I think a lot of the top guys are going to go earlier. Um, I don't know that we trade up. But a couple of the guys that could be around late in the first round are that Trevor Penning um, from Northern Iowa. Uh, super athletic. He is 23 years old. Um, great athlete. He did get exposed a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Didn't have the greatest time there. Um, the reports on him are that he'll let people into his chest a little bit, and I just don't think that's going to fly in the NFL, so there's some cleaning up to do there. If people get their hands on you, you're going to get bullied around. I don't care how big and athletic you are. Um, the NFL is just a different beast, and he does have that tough guy attitude and he wants everyone to know he's a tough guy, which that can be good, but if gone too far, it can rub people the wrong way and create some friction as well. So, um, that's just another thing to consider with him. I heard he was highly hated at the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if he irons out some of those technique things, um, he could be very good, but, uh, um, yeah, again, I don't know how interested Goot would be in a 23-year-old tackle, but um, I think he is very talented. Another guy, another two were that Bernard Raymond. Um, he is a top-rated tackle, but uh, he's 24 and a half coming out of college, so he's kind of off the board for me. That doesn't bother me on an offensive lineman when they're a little bit older. Okay, and then Tyler Smith was the other one from Tulsa. He's a little bit more raw, but um, I thought he kind of had uh, – the profile to be a first rounder, but I don't know too much on him. Uh, one guy that I did like quite a bit, uh, not a tackle, but an interior offensive lineman. If he's there, I'd, I'd love to see Green Bay go after him. Is that Zion Johnson from Boston College? He's kind of that versatile. Um, he can play guard, center, um, both sides of, of guard. He, he's kind of that versatile guy, similar to an Elton Jenkins. And um, I think that could be really valuable because if you got, grab a guy like Zion Johnson, when Elton Jenkins is healthy, you you flush him out to right tackle. And then Zion can kind of be that offensive lineman that can go wherever you need him at the same time. Um, so I think that would be an excellent pick for the Packers, even though he is an interior lineman. Yeah, we don't have a big need on the interior. You know, and the Packers mantra is kind of, Pick, pick an outside guy and move him inside if he can't do it, right? Yeah. So, but, but 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 the thing with Zion, his versatility would allow Jenkins to go to the outside. And I think it would kind of help the situation keeping Jenkins long-term because I'm sure Jenkins would like being paid like a tackle versus being paid like a guard, you know. So, um, and then uh, last was the Tyler Smith, the tackle from Tulsa. Um, didn't know a ton about him, but, uh, did you have anything else to add in at the offensive line position? Because the dog ate my homework. Um, You'll have to defer, I, don't, huh? I don't have a lot. All I do remember is I, I'm a big reader of 
one of your favorite people, Bob again. Yes, um, and is. and he had some pretty good review of offensive linemen. And I, I do remember jotting down some notes that there's a lot of late round guys, um, which the Packers love to do. You know, you throw gra- a couple draft, picks, draft that guy in the sixth round, put him on a practice squad, squad, coach him up, much like Van Lannan, you know, Green Bay guy. Yep. Um, or Seymour guy. An um, offensive tackle could be that position, like we said, where they throw two, three picks at him in the sixth, seventh, or fifth, seventh round, because I don't think we have a sixth round pick, and, and see which one works out, you know? Yeah, I think we're going to throw some people fourth round and later. I, I think you're going to see us throwing some picks at that position, especially offensive tackle. And and you know we both mentioned it's a pretty deep year for offensive linemen in general. So um, I'm feeling pretty strong that we're going to take at least two. Um, and we need just kind of a backup plan, uh, you know, in case Nyman doesn't pan out. And I don't know, is Kelly still in the roster? I know we we didn't mention we lost the offensive lineman to Denver. Um, Billy Turner. Billy Turner. Did he go back to Denver? He went back to Denver. Okay. You know, so you don't see that too often. No, and he was very serviceable. He was a yeah. You know, we paid pretty good money for him, and and he panned out all right. But uh, we got to we got to plug some of those holes. But um, my gut's telling me that we've been developing you know some players like Van Lannan and. Who knows, you know, Runyon has kind of solidified himself a little bit at left tackle. Maybe Newman. we put, maybe we move Jenkins over to right tackle. Who knows what uh, what could be happening there. But, uh, you know, uh, much like in Goody, we trust, we, we, we trust our new offensive coordinator to develop offensive linemen. So um, I'm thinking it's going to be a little deeper in the draft, although much like at wide receiver, we're known for nabbing a good guy in the second round. So, um uh, I think uh, if if the dog went to eat my homework, I think I'd be uh, talking a little bit more about a few of these guys. But uh, uh, that's all I got on that one. So moving from big bodies to smaller bodies, um, I didn't have as much homework on the cornerbacks, which I feel like you might have a little bit more. Um, do you want to cover some of your favorite cornerbacks that you think might be available or good fits for our defense? Well, there's all kinds of guys that I just doubt we'll get our fingers on, you know, but you know, uh, my favorite guy, and I don't think we got a chance in hell of getting him. I actually, my gut's telling me a lot of mocks are putting him at the Vikings, where it seems like all good cornerbacks go. But uh, Derek Stingley out of LSU. Yeah, he was um, a little bit of a wild card because he had a great year in 2019. Yeah. And it's kind of been downhill since then. I, I just, I think he's going to be a great pro. Uh, given given his landing spot, you know wherever he lands, it's got to be with some good coaching and stuff. But um, LSU corners they they do well traditionally. But he's the guy that uh, that that I really really like. Um, I think um, you know the the place where um, I've got a little bit I've done just a little bit of research is is at safety and there's. There's really a couple safeties that, and I think you've done a little study here in some of these safeties. Yeah, but, there's two of particular interest uh, at the end of the first round. But I got a buddy at work that really loves this Daxton Hill, and he'd do anything for the Packers to grab him. Mm-hmm. And and I like him a lot too. You know, he's, um, you know, out of Michigan, and we've mentioned quite a few Michigan guys, which is hard to do, um, you know, because we're not in love with those guys either. But a decent sized guy, six foot one ninety one, four three eight speed. Um, uh, just just a real fluid guy. I think he could be that um, that extra slot kind of guy that we really got a hold to fill. Uh, and it wouldn't shock me if we if we grabbed a guy like that. 
Yeah, and there's rumors that he could have some potential too, like playing cornerback as well, since his coverage skills could be up to par because he's such a good athlete. Um, and like you said, just super fluid, rangy. He he would be a good nickel defender, you know, someone who could go into the slot, cover someone. He'd kind of be your savage replacement, right? Yep, yep, I agree with that. You know, and smaller then, guy though. He is a little bit light, a little smaller body than you'd like. Today's NFL, I, I well, I think number one, he's he's bigger than Savage. You know, I think Savage is 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 probably in one one ninety range. This guy's just a little bit bigger than that, but I mean, those numbers you can never trust them completely. But it, I mean, big if big is your thing, we could go the other route <laughs> and get Kyle Hamilton. You know, talk about a big safety. Yeah, he's an interesting one because some people to God, have him a in the top ten, right? Yeah, he's kind of like the. the but guy there are also that, rumors that he might drop in the draft because uh, he ran a slower forty than you'd expect. He reminds me of that guy that went to Arizona, that uh, Simmons or whatever. Justin Simmons. Simmons was a lot faster. Yeah, that's why I think this Kyle Hamilton is is more likely a, a small linebacker than he is a, mm-hmm. a safety and you know then i also read you know uh you know like i mentioned earlier about safeties not being the thumpers anymore you know not that this guy he's, he can do all right you know in coverage and stuff um pretty loose um and he's rangy you know that guy's got <laughs> yeah you, know, you got a ring sp- wingspan like that you you don't have to be blazing fast you just got to get your hand on it right so, if he falls and he's there in the late first round, 22, 28, I think the Packers got to take him at that point, right? I think either of these guys are around at 28, and I think we surprised the world a little bit, and we, we nab either one of those two guys. Yeah, another one that I thought had potential at that 28 spot is Lewis Sign, seen out of Georgia. He's kind of more of that thumper role. He's 6'2", 199, basically 200 pounds, ran a 4'3", a nine seven eight RAS score, just an absolutely elite athlete, um, and and this is a guy that would be a lot better coming downhill, better in the run game, right? He still has the speed to cover ground, um, but just not quite as, not nearly as good in coverage as Dax Hill. So he's kind of the other side of the coin, um, but he'd be kind of your box safety. You can bring him down close to the line of scrimmage, um, and uh, another thing too. I mean, he's not great in coverage, and he also has bad hands, right? <laughs> Is, but, that a, uh, is that a Georgia tradition for their D-backs or what? Who you know? knows? But if he had good hands, he'd probably be on the other side of the ball, right? Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. I mean, you, I mean, there's coverage and then there's uh, turnovers. And, and in my book, that's the big knock on him. You know, defensive backs, What personally what I'm looking for. And that's why I was a little iffy on last year's pick, but he he's panning out pretty nice. Um, turnovers win games. Yeah, take that ball away if you can. Yeah, and that's where Alexander is great. You know, um, I, I just think you can only have so many of those kind of guys that are just solid. And yeah. I think that's that's going to be the the story of this guy's NFL career is just solid. You know, and and in the first round especially, and maybe maybe take a chance on it in the second round or something like that. But I I think you want a little bit more of a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, one other guy that you know. He's listed as a cornerback, and, and the reason I didn't really talk about him much, you know, when we were talking about the cornerbacks, is he's listed more as an outside corner. Is uh, this Elam out of Florida? I mean, he's he's kind of a nice guy because he's six two, 
you know, good size, um, really fluid, quick, and and he does have what I just mentioned. He's got the ball skills. So he's the kind of guy that you think in more convert safety. Uh, I like that idea. The you know, especially when they say fluid and quick, I kind of think, okay, this guy's got some chance on his slot type of thing. You know, instead of strictly outside and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of like him as a converted uh, cornerback into a safety type of thing mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So um, that, that's one that really caught my eye. I remember the last time we converted, a, I think, safety into a corner. That didn't go so hot. Yeah, well. With old Demarius Randall. <laughs> but uh, maybe in this case, well, it goes a little better. Our, our other attempt at speed, who was the other safety that we drafted in the second round that we thought was going to be all world? Was it and... Quentin Rollins? Or... No, no. Oh, well, the cornerback? Another... Who didn't have speed? Oh. No, the guy that had a ton of speed. He was a second-round pick just a few years back um, and never could put it all together. There was a corner that was slower. Uh, this was a safety. This guy's drafted as a safety, and they thought he was going to be quite the playmaker. Quentin Rollins, I no. think you think of. Yeah, it's going to be the quiz by the end of the show. you got to come Packers up. drafted him? Yeah. Was there an Atkins? Not an Atkins, was it? A safety. It was a safety. Uh, somebody put it in the comments if there's any comments in this more, but we'll come up with it. Uh, um, should we move on to linebacker, our last position group here? Is that our last one already? I believe so. Well, we I don't really have too much on tight ends just because. Yeah, I don't have much on that either. So it, it, that went with the I'm, right. Or, I um, that skip would, over that one. And running back, we didn't talk yeah, about. Yeah, those are going to be. I, and I haven't even studied that. So so um, anyone that you're interested in at the linebacker position. Well, there's a guy I love. I absolutely love this dude. Um. But it's kind of a tough deal because he's so damn small. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> but we've talked about a bunch of Georgia guys, and this is a Georgia guy. We might have talked about the entire Georgia defense by this point. It, that's telling you something. Usually we're talking about Alabama guys, but, the, you know, well, I mean, there's probably five or six potential first round picks from Georgia. I mean, you got including this Wyatt guy. Davis. Walker, the edge rusher. You've got the safety, Lewis Sign. Seen. I yep. don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, Quay Walker, Nicobe Dean. Yeah, I mean, that's, which is who we're talking about here. Yeah, that's six right there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but this Dean guy. I mean, he and is, then potentially Timmons. I think, or what's his name, the other linebacker from Georgia as well. That guy's a freak athlete. Yeah, I mean that that just goes to show you how far Georgia has ascended. Yeah. You know, well, they're they're champions for a reason, right? So, Nicobe Dean, undersized. That's really the only strike against this guy. But he's undersized. It's well, not a fringe. He's under six feet. Yeah. A light 230. Yeah. But 230, 230 at 5'11 is not terrible. You know? Yep. But, I mean, the guy... The guy flies. The guy is tough as nails. You know, and he just wins. He just wins. And and the the other thing that I'm hearing about him, he is literally a coach on the field. Good locker room guy. Perfect locker room guy. Smart. Uh, it, yeah, he's uh, he's he's fantastic. Um, if yeah. if you could add three inches to the dude, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be crazy. Yeah, he's definitely a playmaker. 
and like you said, he's athletic, great instincts. He can. I think he has potential to cover. Like he's fast, good locker room guy, smart. The two big knocks against him, which are not one is a knock, and then the other is a Packers thing. He's got two injuries right now that he's recovering from the pec and the knee. Those are two major muscle or oh, pec is a major I muscle injury. About the, I didn't know about the. Yeah, multi. he's a little banged up right now. I did. I did not hear that. You know, maybe I was so absorbed in everything else that he was <laughs> that I maybe missed out on that. Um, and the other thing is, I just don't see the Packers spending a first round pick on a linebacker, and I don't think he's there late in the second. So maybe we move up in the second, but linebacker is just kind of one of those positions that the Packers don't typically prioritize. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, especially inside linebacker, right? We. Yeah. You know, you kind of talk about edge rushers and inside linebackers, two different things. Uh, but, you know, again, I go back to Dean. I, I don't love him in the first round, but I'd love him moving up in the second or anything like that. I guess drafting over the number 28, which I think he's going to be off the board by by the time we do our first pick, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, from a, from a linebacker standpoint, you know, Devin Lloyd from Utah, He's the other guy that people talk about a lot. Um, you know, there's a guy that's got the size, 6'3", 237. You know, okay speed, you know, 4'6", 6. Um, you know, there's a there's a rangier guy. So, um, maybe not super-duper instinctive. Uh, but still, a, a, a guy with a ton of potential. But, um, yeah, those are the two guys everybody talks about. The guy that I see as a good fit for the Packers is the other Georgia linebacker, Quay Walker. Don't know a lot about him. He was a four-five-two. I think it's a little more realistic because I think he has a better shot of going in the second round. He's a bigger six-three, two-forty-one, fast. Um, he's kind of still learning the position a little bit. He's still developing, but uh, I think he's kind of your prototypical linebacker size. He's twenty-two years old still, so he's not he's not too old, um, but. That's a guy more I see the Packers interested in versus spending that premium first-round pick on a guy like N'Kobe Dean. And then um, being the homer that I am, maybe later, late second, maybe third round even, um, Leo Chanel. I like Leo. He's a big dude. That ran very way fast. fast way faster straight than line, anybody expected. Straight line speed, though. Um, I know there's a lot of questions around his pass coverage skills. But he wasn't really asked to do a lot of that at Wisconsin, so it's kind of like a. I don't know if he's necessarily bad at it. He just doesn't hasn't done it a lot. Um, but that's a guy that could really affect the run game and get to the quarterback on some blitzes. Um, so I like him, and and you're not paying a premium for him either because he seems to be slotted in in the late second, maybe third round. Um, but that could be totally off too. But that's a guy that I think we could get at a little bit better price than. The Packers are typically like to spend on an inside linebacker. Yeah, you know, I think he's he's one of those guys that's. Um, I'd love to see him be a Packer, but he's very scheme specific, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's super important that wherever he goes, which we're all Badger fans on this podcast, um, that he gets in the right situation. I don't think the Packers is a bad situation, but he needs to to have a couple big defensive linemen in front of him and then that they can kind of create a hole. And then he, he's got good straight line speed 
to kind of just get to that shoot quarterback, gaps. shoot gaps kind of guy. That's what he did. I think he'd be for a really good fit. I could see him playing for the Steelers and just wreaking havoc. Yeah, well, that's what happens to all Badger linebackers. But, but yeah, that's kind of the the highlighted linebackers that I had. Um. So yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, lots, lots of guys that I'd love for the Packers to get. We obviously won't get nearly enough of them, right, to satisfy our our wants. Yeah, and solve all of our problems. So to kind of wrap this thing up. If you, your pick, not necessarily what you think the Packers are going to do, your ideal first round, first and second rounds, who are some players that you want to walk away with? You know, I think, I think I'd love to see the Packers walk away with a good wide receiver in the first round. Um, whether or not that happens, that's, that's going to be, I tell you what, the airwaves will just get absolutely lit up. If if we do not have pick a, a wide receiver in the first round, and, and here's the way I kind of I see think it. I think people will be fine if we don't pick in the first round, but if we leave the second round without a wide receiver, I think that's when people go and grab their pitchfork and, and get out in the street. Yeah, because we've I had a lot of history. Patient. If if I have my way, our first pick is is the guy from Purdue, Karlovkis. That's mine as well. I think if you get him at 22, say, assuming we don't move around, right? Yep. If we get a guy like Karlaftis at 22, I think that's, I'd be stoked about that. I, I think it's fantastic. And then the way I see it is at that point, I think if I'm the Packers, I'm trying to trade back with our 28th pick. Mm-hmm. You know, just gain another pick, you know, based off of our, our love trade from a few years ago. You know, we might be able to gain a fourth rounder, right? Yeah. You know, maybe a fifth, something like that. I'm not as in love with a fifth, but if we trade back and we gain a little bit um, and get into the early part of the second round, you know, maybe trade with somebody like the Jets or something, who knows, and then go up in that spot and get somebody like, I, I you know, we both like that Pierce guy, right? Um, that would be a really nice second pick. and And then... Um, from there, I think it's, it's the Packer special, you know, it's best player available, um, which, you know, we could go a million different ways. I could easily in the, in the second round, see an offensive lineman there. I could see, um, an edge rusher there. Um, I could seriously see a defensive back of some kind. I don't think it matters. I think they'd turn them into whatever they need them. Um, you know, that that's, I don't know, how do you see it? So, similar to you, my ideal first round is Karlaftis at 22. And then at 28, one of the two safeties, either Daxton Hill or Lewis Sign, I think would be a great first round. Um, but just because I don't think we have a realistic shot at the top flight of wide receivers in the late first round. And then I think the value is there at a lot of those second-round receivers. And then in the second round, if you're coming away with one of either Christian Watson or Alec Pierce, um, and then maybe a guy like um, who's that edge rusher out of USC. As yeah, yeah. I think that would be perfect. I'd be 
don't know if that... Just absolutely elated about that. Yeah, and I think uh, that USC guy, yeah, I think there's, so if you're, there's good potential. So say Karlaftis, Daxton Hill, first round. Second round is Alec Pierce and uh, the USC edge rusher. I think that would be about as good as it gets for me. Yeah, I, I, I think... You know, you're kind of along the same lines as I am, that it might not be that wide receiver with that very first pick. Like, everybody wants Yeah, I don't think it's the flashy... I don't think it's going to be the flashy wide receiver that... I don't think... Everyone wants us to make a splash and go get someone. I don't don't see it. But that's just me. Well, I tell you what, I'll be uh, glued to the old couch uh, Thursday evening. It'll be... uh... Pretty darn interesting. It's exciting having two picks on each of the first two days. Well, the first two rounds, I should say. So it makes for some uh, exciting things. I can't... One of my favorite parts about the draft is regardless of who we get is going and watching a bunch of tape on the new Packers, seeing what they do well and then getting excited about them, even if I'm not excited about them before the draft. Yeah, it's always amazing how much we think we've read up on these guys and we know them until they're picked and then... Somebody comes out with the stories of, oh, he can do this, he can do that. Well, nobody told me that, you know, he he has this extra gear or blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so yeah. That's, uh, and I, I think it's going to be entertaining because in the words of Mark Murphy, it's going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting, he says. So, I think with that, we'll wrap it up. Did you have any last final thoughts or should we close this thing out? I was still trying to come up with that damn safety's name. Safety. The second round safety that we took a number of years ago. I think you're imagining something because we took Quentin Rollins. Yeah, no, it was after the that. The same year as Randall. We didn't draft a safety after that. Oh, yeah, I think we did. But my internet in your house just works like crap. Was it? Are you talking about like first or second this, round? This though? is what your internet looks like. Well, we are taking donations to support the internet fund. Yeah, well. You can, can only afford, afford a couple megabytes down. So. so is this your plug for to get free donations from it might people be. that are enjoying your podcast or what? It just might be. Well, how much are you paying me? I get something out of that. We'll see what's left over after I get internet. All right. Well. But, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening in on the uh, first ever pre-draft podcast. I had a lot of fun here and uh, we'll have to get together after the draft. And uh, Cheers. <laughs> and talk about the players that we what we think of the uh the players that we do get so all right we're gonna wrap it up there and we will see you guys next time bye